ninth episode of the Readiness Report, guys. And we apologize for being a few minutes late. A few technical difficulties started off the show, but what would life be at Red Con without all of the difficulties that come along with us being us, right? So I, I, I was talking with somebody the other day. I was like, you and I usually go to bed and have a conversation in the morning, and it's always like, all right, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened over the, over in the middle of the night? And then what happened? What's going to happen today? And then you're like, wow, I can't believe that happened. And, oh, my uh, hair is getting gray. Yeah. I've got some on the side. I shaved them all off. They're a nice uh, one fade or I'll just see all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, that's the one thing that is consistent at Redcon 1. And, uh, and meaning your business life in general is that whenever you think shit is going, going well and everything's in the straight and narrow, it, it gets thrown off on a curve over and over again. It does. And some of it's completely unnecessary, but honestly, I think it also keeps you engaged and yes. aware. And that's why we're able to keep doing what we do because we're never put off the gas. Yeah. We have to stay on it. You know, it's funny whenever, and we've talked about this before, but whenever things are too good for too long uh, and there's no issues, there's no COVID-19, there's no uh, riots and life seems too good. I'm, I feel almost more uncomfortable where I'm like, well, this doesn't seem right. It shouldn't be going so well. Uh, there's got to be something around the corner that's going to uh, screw everything up. So uh, usually, like when I start arguing with my wife in the car, that's the situation. It's been too good for too long. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, before we get to the news topics, we have some interesting news topics that are probably going to trigger some people and should be interesting for sure. Um, before we get into that, more interesting yeah, 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 for sure. So before we get into that, let me do two things. We have our big new athlete announcement, but I also want to remind everybody for the question and answer. So if you guys see right now, you can ask questions wherever you are. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or wherever, you're able to ask questions. Now, if we don't get to the questions right away, it doesn't mean we're not looking at them. It doesn't mean it's not going to come up. Ryan uh, Monahan, our, our CMO, is handling the questions. Lord of the Dorks, yes. We will be actually uh, monitoring and making sure that we get asked those questions at the more appropriate time. So... Just because you don't see them right away, pop up on the screen, doesn't mean that um, they won't be asked. So for our, our feature guest tonight, later tonight, AJ from the SEAL Teams, AJ Buckley from SEAL Teams, the hit TV show on CBS. If you have questions for him, don't worry, we will get to them. And uh, on anybody for Eric and I and for Red Conway, we'll also at the very end get to those as well. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you guys the new Red Con 1 athlete. And let me just tell you something. One thing with athletes for Red Con 1, is that we do not choose them lightly. We have a long list of people that are interested in being in Red Con 1 athletes. And it seems like every day I get hit up by you know, a dozen, but damn near a dozen people that are saying, yeah, hey, I want to be the next Red Con 1 athlete or tagging me on social media. I'm the next one Red Con athlete, blah, 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 right? So for us, there's a long list of people that, A, want to be and quite a few people that, that could be. And uh, so we make sure that we look at them through the brand filter, right? The brand book. Yeah, you have to, everyone's got to fit through that filter. So we have common, you know, values, you know, beliefs, tr personality traits. So it's the same thing when we hire someone. Someone could be the best at what they do, but if they don't fit through that filter from a brand perspective, it won't work once they're here. So, yeah, it's the exact same with an athlete. They have to, you know, a lot of times maybe someone like, well, why did you sign that person? Well, actually, from like our internal values, that person really aligns to it, right? So when people ask, how do I become part of, Redcon one, how do I become an athlete, right? There's really three things you need. Either A, or really you need all three of them. You need to A, be a, a good person, uh, be somebody that is like a good guy, a good girl, and that represents the brand well. Because obviously Redcon one is a, is a specific thing. It's you know, 
know, blue collar work ethics, it's doing right by people, it's following, you know, we have a long list of things that what we think you have to be internally to be red, kind of want to be part of the team. But then you also need to have one of these two, ideally both, have accomplished something great, right? Uh, have done something unbelievable, uh, and B, have, um, have built a big following, a big social media following, a big level of interest and awareness. And if you have both of those, and you're a really good person, and you fit the brand book, you got a really good shot. But if, if you're not, if you're not, haven't done all those things, or most of those things yet, the way to get to be part of the program is to be part of the Tier Operator program. You just go to tieroperator.com or Google Tier Operator, and that's kind of our minor leagues to get to where our next guest is. Yeah, because this thing is, in a good way, in a good way, yeah. and, and we've had six of those minor league players from the tier operator group become elite at the right yeah. So it, it is possible, and it does happen every year. So um, let's go to our video, Johnny, and then we'll come right back with our brand new athlete. There we have him, Paige. Welcome to the Red Cardinal team, brother. Hey guys. Hey, thanks so much. Hey, I'm excited cool. to be on the team. Hold on one second, Johnny. You got that? We're picking up the uh, the volume. So, so Sage, um, before we get going, I wanted to tell a quick uh, story about how I found about out about Sage before the UFC, before you know uh, him being well known, before any social media even existed. You know, we, I went to a gym called One to One in Houston, Texas. I told this story to Sage already. And on the way back, either on the way there or on the way back, I would stop at a uh, nutrition store. And I obviously, I had no idea that this nutrition store was owned by Sage's father. And so I would stop there. And whenever I'd stop there, there's so, there was literally, I'm going to say a thousand trophies. There's hundreds and hundreds of trophies. And, uh, and his dad, when I asked, his dad was so proud to talk about his kids, about Sage, and uh, about how much they had accomplished in the uh, in the world of uh before mixed martial arts i didn't it wasn't even really a thing at the time i mean it was but nobody knew a lot about it and uh he uh showed me all the trophies and was so proud of his uh, of his kids and and so i always thought it was amazing that because at the time i think sage was like 10 or 11 or 12 very or something young, right? yeah very very young and had won right. basically everything right sage no that's exactly right yes sir yes yeah, that's, that's crazy such a small world it is uh yeah um you Houston, Texas. So you you're no longer in Houston, right? Right. I'm actually outside in uh, LA right now. So right outside Beverly Hills. It looks like it looks like you just finished training. I did. Yeah. Yes. I'm still in the truck. Uh, just downtown right now. It stinks. Everything's getting shut down here. So it's kind of unfortunate right now. But how's it there? Yeah. Really. So so Sage, before we get into anything else, tell us how you uh, how you found out about Redcon One. 
And uh, and so how we got going, we got, you know, John Hoffman was the one who introduced us oh, really? from uh, Lone Star fame, uh, good, really good guy. How did you find out about Red Cullen? Because you said you, you had been taking it, your family had taken it before and knew all about it previously. Yeah, exactly. Yes, sir. So I have a younger brother, Sean. He's 21 years old. Um, he's taking the MRE light uh, so much. Every time I'm down visiting my family in Texas, um, they live right outside of Austin now. So every time I'm down visiting them, I'm always drinking his MRE light, um, check, taking all this stuff, his supplements from from y'all from Redcon One. So that's kind of how I got introduced to it from actually my brother. And then uh, then now I'm actually becoming part of the team and um, I'm excited to try every one of your supplements. That's awesome. That's awesome. So give us, so for, for people out there who have knew you from the UFC, maybe didn't get to know your personality as much, but they saw all the success you've had. Tell us about, you know, where you were then and where you are now, because you're about to really go into kind of the next phase of your career. Right. Yes, sir. All right. So I became the youngest fighter for the UFC at 19 years old. Um, at my weight class, 155 pounds, uh, I've been undefeated five and no at that weight class. Um, now, now I'm fighting for a league called one championship. It's the largest fighting organization in all of Asia. Uh, they fight in Tokyo, Singapore, Japan, um, all around the world, actually. And on average, they have an average of 35 to 50 million viewers per card. So uh, the numbers are huge. And right now, um, once all the COVID stuff kind of dies down, I'll be looking forward to getting back out there and fighting again. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's crazy there are so many viewers watching. It's because Asia, Asian, yeah, I mean, that market is massive market. Yeah, it's unbelievably big. And then two plus out there, you're going to get a lot of the uh, U.S. military support, probably all the bases out that way. So uh, probably fun, to fun crowd to fight in front of. Yeah, that'd be that'd be so cool. I know I know they're planning on coming to America, too. Uh, there was talks of them fighting in Madison Square Garden in New York and then also having some fights in Hawaii. So um, but then recently, everything that happened, they kind of, I guess, have a hold on that right now. But but I'm looking forward to fighting here, too. So, so Sage, um, we're going to have you back on for a, for an hour long interview where we go over everything. But one of the things that I know everybody in the office wanted me to talk to you about is in your last fight, obviously it was unexpected. You moved up two weight classes. It didn't end the way that you, that you thought it would. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how it's affected where you are today? Well, you know what, uh, that, that did happen, uh, last minute. A lot of people don't know last minute before the fight, I had a, an opponent change and, uh, so I took the fight. It was actually two weight classes up, like you said, 185 pounds when a lot of the fighters actually cut so much weight. So for me, for my body style, that was that was a pretty big weight class jump for me when I'm undefeated at 155 pounds. So unfortunately, that fight didn't go as planned. I had I had injury during that fight and uh, just kind of been healing up from that. But but now I'm dropping back down to 155 pounds where I'm undefeated. Um, I was 5-0 in the UFC and, and – uh, I should be one of the fastest, strongest guys in that weight class, especially with Red Call One supplements. So um, I think it's going to be great. That's awesome. And then yeah. he got attacked earlier by a wrench working on his Raptor. I mean, is that what happened? Oh, yeah. You saw that, man. <laughs> yeah. You would think I got hit in the face by someone, but I was actually, out of all things, I'm putting some exhaust on my truck. I'm up underneath trying to like hand crank it. And the, the nut that was up underneath there kind of like got slipped, kind of got stripped a little bit. And the, Socket wrench came down and smacked me right here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I know. You're out of truck, you work on it yourself, you're yeah. willing to take some right? Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that's, I, I literally thought that's what happened. I'm like, well, he just was in practice and probably got hit accidentally. That's what I thought. Uh, hit by a wrench. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, 
That's what you would think, right? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So one of the things, you know, before we let you go, one of the things that uh, a lot of people say about you, Sage, is that you're a gentleman and that uh, a lot of athletes these days in the UFC kind of build their career uh, in the UFC based off of being kind of the other direction or in mixed martial, martial arts in general, becoming like a character uh, in wrestling. They call it a heel, right? A bad guy uh, for all wrestling fans over there. Two, three um, over there. Actually. So, yeah, three over, three over there. So, you know, you went a whole different direction. Uh, how did, Is that a conscious decision or is it just – how you are as a, as a person. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I'm just kind of the same person that I am when I'm getting ready for a fight or I'm walking around training every single day. If I'm lifting weights, if I'm wrestling, or I'm walking in the grocery store, I'm always I'm always the same person. So um, I like to stay strong in my faith. And uh, anything I'm doing, I, I feel like your character is kind of described about, by the things that when people don't see, like when, when, when people aren't around watching, um, those are kind of the moments that define you. So... Like, for instance, if I'm, if I'm at the grocery store and I drop something and a piece of trash and it goes rolling across the parking lot, I'm the kind of person that will get out and go pick that trash up. Or if I see someone that needs help, like an older person getting stuff in their car, I'll go help them out. Um, I'm just I'm just kind of person like that that tries to be generous and kind and uh, and 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 just uh, tries to be a good person. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. And obviously, uh, unfortunately, that's unusual and refreshing in, in, the, right. in, in the world, but in, certainly yeah. in the uh, mixed martial arts world, that's not what's seeming to be popular these days. You know, getting arrested is probably yeah. Common, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, A lot of people think, especially when they're fighting, they feel like they have to have the mean guy personality or be, I guess, um, the smack talker. And then when, when they're getting ready for a fight, they're talking all this smack to their opponent saying all these mean negative things, but then you see them in the elevator and they're totally different. So um, for me, I just always kind of the same person, same, same mindset. And then I always have that switch in the back of my mind to turn on. So when, when you go out there for a fight, you don't have to get all, all mad and irritated about stuff to go out there and try to beat your opponent. It's a sport. Um, same, same thing for you. When you walk in the gym training, you have that motivation and that drive and you just always have that switch. You're able to turn on and, and do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, uh, Sage, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we want to have you back in the, in the near future to, to really go uh, deep dive into your past and talk about the uh, the training stuff. Because so, I, I want to hear about all the trophies and how your dad and you decided to to get into this world. Because obviously you've been trained and done very well in, in other, I guess, combat sports other than mixed martial arts. You have a long history of doing various uh Right. For what what things have you done well in? Like what what have you won anything in other than other than MMA? Oh yes, sir. So so I won the state wrestling championships um, in high school. I competed for a couple of months in high school and uh, placed first in district and the regionals and went to state. Um, I played a little bit of football when I was a kid, but not too much because I put all my focus and time in and the karate and kickboxing. Uh, for kickboxing alone, I was fifteen and own kickboxing. I I have competed and I would love a duty in the future sometime obviously i have to put put a lot of effort into it but um physique competitions I, I think i've done five physique competitions as a teen and uh i did like the branch warren i did the phil Heath classic um I've, i did uh, the europa i did a couple other ones also i placed first place in all my physique competitions so that was a lot of fun for me just kind of like branching out from martial arts into physique so uh different different sports like that all all being an athlete pretty much but um i'm always up trying things too so Thanks, you know, see, I'll go flip a haystack or do something that's athletic or whatever you can imagine, pretty much. Awesome.
Well, we're going to talk a lot more about all that stuff in the future. So, Sage, thank you so much for being on the show, for coming here with Eric and I, and, and also for being on the Redcon 1 team. We're very excited about the future with you, and we have a lot of big things planned, and people haven't got a chance to really meet Sage Northcutt, the, 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 the entire person, not just the athlete. So we're going to make sure to do a lot of cool videos with you and, uh, and let people get to know you, and uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. I really awesome. appreciate you coming on board, Sage. Awesome. Yeah. What was that last thing you said? No, I just appreciate you having you having you come on board the team. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I, I I'm gonna have to come up there to uh, Florida and meet all of you guys. Very see, see your facility very and the headquarters. Yeah, right. I'm excited to do that. Yeah, very cool, man. Okay, Sage, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you very soon. All right, cool. All right, thank thanks, you, buddy. Guys. Appreciate it. So uh, the one thing I about Sage I like, and I probably should have said it when he was on there, is he has a – you may have felt it just now, maybe not, I don't know, because it's, this was quick, but he has a very infectious, very high-energy personality. And that's what John Hoffman told me from Lone Star originally. I sold Lone Star a little while ago. But John uh, said, like, you got to talk to this guy. You meet this kid. You're going to love his energy. He is such a positive force. And uh, we love that. Yeah, that's opposite typically of that industry. And then, yeah. you know, to be that young and have that much success, you could be an asshole. 100%. You know, because it go to your head. And what's funny is he reminds me, of, he looks like Stefan. Yeah, he kind of does. Like young Stefan, our, our, our sales, one of our sales guys, yeah. Should do a before they and after. Or they could be like, they could be like uh, son and dad practically now. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. How funny would that be of a video of Stefan and him being like the dad and the son? It's like like encouraging his son? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be super funny. We need to do something with that for sure. Um, <laughs> all right, so Just sign stepping up or something, let them, let them fight each other. I mean, geez, like that, the dad wrestling the son, he Stephen was a did do MMA, yeah, and oh, wasn't was stepping a, a state champion yeah. or something or wrestling? That'd be funny. Um, be funny if, if, if he kicks his ass, Stefan's ass, Stefan's got like 80 pounds on him, right? <laughs> Get someone, dad, 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 let's go, <laughs> let's see what you got, son. Like like he beats a, the shit out of him. This um, is like a holiday in West Virginia, it's turning into <laughs> literally, all right, guys. So before we get to uh, our friend and athlete and ambassador, A.J. Buckley, uh, the star of uh, SEAL teams on CBS, we got to go to the news. So we're going to go to the news. And uh, the first thing we want to talk about is, uh, is Kanye West. <laughs> it's very important. We're going to go to Kanye West. There he is. And so, you know what? He looks great there. No matter what he's done, it worked. Because now we're talking about the second week Listen, in a row. unbelievable. Two weeks in a row, we're talking about Kanye West. So Kanye... Such an interesting story. Last last time we said Kanye is is in the race for the presidency, and then recently, yesterday or today, so we we talked about the story. It turns out Kanye is out of the race, but then all of a sudden he's back. His party, he's representing the birthday party, which, which birthday party? that's his party, not Republican party or or Democratic party. Birthday party, birthday suit. Maybe birthday. I mean, who knows what this guy? So you know, he uh, he decided he was in, and then apparently couldn't get his paperwork in time, and he was out. But then he got his paperwork in, and he is actually back in again. Yeah, because he didn't have enough signatures before. But he right? has well, it now. He got in time. He got in time. So he's on the ballot right now as a third party. Jesus can do whatever. I mean, he can turn water yeah. into wine. Literally. Literally. So, <laughs> I mean, the signatures. just, just want to keep everybody up to date on that. I mean, we talked about how bad the shoes were last week. This week, he impresses everybody with Johnny being out. Johnny, you bought some? No, he says no. He says no. <laughs> They're, uh, I tell you what, they're expensive. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, uh, so the, the funny thing is, right, 10 days after shocking the nation, he confirmed his decision to run as president of the United States. He was then suspended the campaign 
and then was back in it in no time. He had actually gathered enough signatures and he was back in it. Didn't he actually hire volunteers and campaign people? Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. He took it. He's not joking around. He hired uh, operatives, like political operatives to help him. I mean, so yeah, he's he's taking it seriously. He is on the Oklahoma ballot. So you never know. You never know. Yeah. Interesting about the play is there. All right. The last funny story uh, Nick Cannon. So, Nick Cannon, you know, I, I don't know, like, I don't know anything about Nick Cannon other than the fact that he was a musician of some sort, right? And then he became, he went on, I, I only, I honestly only know him because Howard Stern was on the, the show, America's Got Talent. And then uh, uh, Nick Cannon was actually like the, the host of the show. That was yeah, the way he got popular for the movie Drumline and then uh, had a really bad, shitty rap career. And then Wild mm-hmm. and Out on MTV has really been his. Yeah, and he married Mariah. Mariah, Mariah, Mariah. I had two kids. That's with probably her. The, that's the biggest claim to fame right there. I didn't oh, even know yeah, that. Yeah, he got he had two kids with her. How old is Mariah and him? He he looks like he's like twenty five. There's probably thirty, a, maybe. There's a big age difference. Yeah, but... she's got to be like twenty years older than him, huh? Oh, easily, easily. Okay, she's fifty. And how old is he? Early thirties, right? Thirty three. That's my guess. He, he started on Nickelodeon. Started on yeah, Nickelodeon. Thirty nine. Oh, oh, okay, it's not that, that, that bad. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so turns out Nick Cannon is not such a great guy after all. Uh, he wasn't, he's not actually as uh humorous as he was on uh America's Guy. He seemed really happy on America's Guy. Turns out he's pretty racist. So, uh, Johnny, before we get into it, let's play that clip. We are the Semitic people when we are the same people that you who they want to be. Mm-hmm. That's our birthright. Viacom CBS announcing they are cutting ties with the comedian. What about the big ear of corn? Who they have had a decades-long relationship with. So the people that don't have it have are are a little, and I'm, I'm gonna say this carefully, <laughs> are a little less. In the June 30th episode of his podcast, Cannon speaking to former Public Enemy member Professor Griff. The only way that they can act is evil. The only way they can, they, they have to rob, steal, rape, kill, and fight or flight okay. in, or, in order to survive. Exactly. So then these people who didn't have what we had, and when I say we, I speak of the mm-hmm. melanated people. Right. They had to be savages. The 39-year-old host facing criticism for his comments also accused of perpetuating an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. The Rothschild, centralized banking, the bloodlines that control everything even outside of America. Well, we didn't get to the good part, Johnny. You, you skipped. We didn't get the part where he actually says anything particularly racist. So we no, missed, I mean, we missed all the good stuff. Like conspiracy theory. Yeah, that, that's not what he said. He also said a lot of stuff that's specifically about. Oh, what is this? This is an this apology. Is, this is an apology. So Johnny missed the most important part where he actually says that Jews are savages and all the other stuff. Yeah, you caught part of it more yeah, or less. The it's like the that was like the nice part. I think the news channel didn't want to put the, like the really like super racist part. Uh, but the part that I found interesting, because Nick Cannon is nobody, right? I mean, realistically, he's the guy who mar- mar- married Mariah Carey, basically, is what you're saying. No, kind of, yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's him. And honestly, you know, uh, who cares, right? Who cares? I, you know, the people say stupid stuff all the time everywhere. It's like, uh, I mean, that's par for the course almost now these days in, in America is that people are going to say stupid shit. And you can't let stupid shit bother you. But what bothered me wasn't that, wasn't what he said, because it's like, whatever. Um, although you didn't even hear what he really said, but that's okay. Um, it's what uh, P. Diddy, Dwayne Wade, and many, many other people did. So afterwards, so P. Diddy, this is P. Diddy tweeting back to Nick Cannon. So Nick Cannon, this is him saying, come here to Revolt TV, truly black owned. We got your back and we love you. 
uh, and what you have done for the culture. We are, we are for our people first, for us, by us, let's go. So to me, this is, this is, this is what bothers me. So, because P Diddy is like, um, is the, is a top entrepreneur is a leading thought leader in that community where it's like, whoa, this guy just basically endorsed and says, yeah, you're good. What you said is right. You know, because when you say something like that, we got your back, we love you. You were saying that the message that he's conveying is something you agree with. He didn't say, I agree with it, but it's like if, you know, it's yeah. like if, let's, let's imagine in a world, right, uh, where a Fox News, because I'm giving like a Fox News pundit is about the same relevancy as Nick Cannon, right? Hypothetically, I don't know what, where people lie, but let's say some guy on Fox News says black people are savages and then Warren Buffett retweets it. Yeah, it was like Warren the, Buffett agrees with that right. statement. So, the, and, and the, obviously the, the news guy is done forever. He's gone, right? And then Warren Buffett is the same because he's complicit. He's saying, oh, I, when you retweet something or you say, hey, we're good to go, you were basically saying, this is, I agree with you. Now, he went further and said, I love it. Dwayne Wade also said it. There's many, many other people that uh, retweeted it, gave him thumbs up, were supportive of him. That's Dwayne Wade right here. We're with you. Keep leading. I saw a lot of these. And that's the step that disturbed me where I'm like, whoa, like, how's this, how's this happening? So he deleted, obviously, Dwayne Wade, uh, Wade deleted, uh, many other people deleted it after the fact, because it's like, I'm sure people called him and said, whoa, dude, he, the guy said something extremely racist. He apologized for it, saying, like, I shouldn't have said that. And then everybody's retweeting and be like, yes, we're with you. We're with you. <laughs> I've got him supporting you on that. Yeah. And, then, and then he deletes it and people are like, oh, shit. Well, I support. I, I literally said like thumbs up to that. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I don't. It, sometimes with, with with celebrities, I don't. There's too many like free passes on bad behavior. Hundred like, percent. And, and, and again, from all directions, doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on. But yeah. a lot of it's because they're a celebrity that they're allowed to like and then have these retractions where you'd lose your oh whole my god business, you know everything. Like, and, and I guess the thing that bothered me the most, honestly, was P Diddy because P Diddy is a true thought leader where people look at P. I could see. Um, a young man or young woman being influenced by by P Diddy, where you're like, you see, well, that P Diddy said it. Well, it must be true. They are savages, right? Where you could you could get convinced because he is an important person uh, and he is an influential person as well. You know. Well, yeah, that's the thing too, right? Like when you're in that level, that position, you really have to be careful in what you say. Hundred percent. And you know, that's typically why these people have PR people to be like, hey, probably social media is one of the worst things that's happened to celebrities because there's no PR person going, uh, you shouldn't do that right now. Yeah, you know, you got your phone and you do it. So, yeah, and you're such a savage. I know. I, I am. Get you to fucking I am. fire someone. I am. I'm. I'm. A, uh, yes. I'm. It's I'm a bad bad man. I'm a bad bad man. Um, also, I loved one of the things he said that I thought was very interesting. But uh, I uh, he he alluded to it in the clip that Johnny played was the about melanin, the melanin level of the skin. So this shows you the extreme stupidity. So he says in in the in the clip. About the me melanin, for people who don't know, you're the scientist guy. What's melanin? It's what gives your skin color pigment. Yes. yes. So. so more melanin you have, the, the darker you're either going to be or the darker you could be. So like for me, I mean, I don't look that pale right now, but I'm pretty pale because I'm next to some transparent. So I'm next to Eric, so I look a little paler than Eric. But I both that of us, too, yeah, exactly. So Eric and me both are very light complected. So we don't have the ability to, to actually get super tan. Uh, but somebody who's more melanin has more ability to get super tan. And then somebody who's obviously who's black has more melanin because they're darker complected, right? So uh, Johnny's about to show you some clips. Here, some people, various levels of dark skin. 
Uh, <laughs> so, so for me and Eric, we're not even on that scale, right? So, um, I'm like a piece of white paper. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, there me and Eric. Yeah. All right. So, um, so anyway, we're uh, we are. Um, I guess the big thing, the funny thing that he said is that if you have less melanin, you have less compassion. You're more of a savage, and then you have more ability to murder and stuff like that. That's what he says. So the more you have, the, the less. So the guy on the on the left here, or the that's girl a on the left, killer. that's a bad person. And as you go further to the right, you're better and better because you're having more melanin. This is crazy. It's insane. It has nothing to do with anything. Melanin is a, a hormone for pigment. It's not a hormone for personality. So I don't know. It just shows you that the guy is a lunatic, but whatever. Let's go on to the next story. Also equally kind of disturbing. How's the economy doing in the United States? The economy is not doing good not doing well at all um and the employment unemployment rate as you're seeing here by state you know uh what's the number on state johnny i can't see it unemployment is that uh nevada nevada that's interesting but not surprising because of las service vegas industry yeah yeah service at 25 percent unemployment so it's an interesting thing going on we've covered it before where the stock market is going up 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 yet the actual world and the economy is going down 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 so we continue to see that happening and it's an interesting thing because right now we're about to have reporting for second quarter earnings where it's gonna get very, very interesting because second quarter encompasses after March. Yeah, and the thing is too, I think what it's, uh, you know, like GDP is down like 35.2%. Something crazy, insane like, now. The highest it's ever been because I think the lowest, you know, the most it's ever dropped before is something like 15%. Yeah. But this is a massive swing, but like you say, the stock market is way up. It just, none of it makes any sense right now. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. The, there is some positive news, yeah, though. It's... Unemployment is down. So we were at 14.7% in April. We're at 11.1% now. Now, honestly, when I see numbers like that, I don't uh, know how accurate it is because there is obviously uh, a lot of people that are still unemployed. And then the, this kind of I mean, more disturbing thing is that there's a trend right now. Obviously, everybody knows that things are closing down and not opening up anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not, not it's... heading in a good direction. It's heading in a... Not so good direction. Right? Yeah, it keeps going up and down. Right. It's like certain industries open, they close again. So, but you know, in May we had a, a, an increase in overall consumer spending. So uh, we were only down eight point two percent in May uh, compared to twelve point six percent in April. So that's really a good thing. And then uh, unemployment benefits was down in May twenty four point nine million. It's a crazy number twenty four point nine million people getting unemployment. unemployment. And when they, it drops by seven million, it's a good. Yeah, I mean that's. To June 18.1 million, which is absolutely insane. Just to give you guys some some basis, in March we had 1.8 million people, so we're up literally 10, 10 times, times from March. It's pretty crazy. So, and, and the funny thing that the thing that the so the stock market, and I, I go back to the stock market because I always think the economy. I thought the economy and the stock market were joined together. Turns out they're totally completely separate. So people say that the stock market is looking towards the future. For me, that doesn't make any sense at all because the future is bleak. It's not getting better and better. You know, the people that are unemployed now or that are hoping to get the next stimulus check are the ones that are actually directly correlated to what can be spent in the future. So if you are right now on unemployment, you're probably not buying a car, going on vacation, heading to Vegas to, to gamble. None of those things are happening for you. So it's a, it's a it seems like a certainty that the future is not, in a, in a more positive place, no, not to be in a trough. Yeah, it, yeah, it seems like it. So it's a, it's a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, and things are, are dramatically changing. And one of the weird things that's going on as a result of this is an actual coin shortage, which 
I got my own theory on that one. Give me your theory. So I, I know what they're saying is that it's because being touchless to minimize the spread of bacteria, people aren't using coins for exact change. They're not using cash because everywhere you go, you see signs up that say, you know, no cash transactions, credit card only, coin shortage. But how many of those businesses for years took in cash and didn't report it and the government knows, hey, you weren't reporting a lot of revenue. Mm -hmm. Where now if everything goes through a credit card terminal, it's all recorded, you have to pay taxes on that money. I just, I kind of feel like it's what, what a good opportunity for the government to claw back some, some margin more or less, you know, because you can, you can use all these conditions, you know, like, oh, it's COVID related, but now you can start getting tax revenue that you were missing before from these small businesses. That makes sense. That makes sense. They didn't write that in the news, How many though. fucking old people do you know that have tons of coins? Like, of course. There's no shortages of coins anywhere. Like, no, the coins are still out there. They didn't disappear. That's what I mean. If you really needed coins that bad, be like, hey, go to your bank, turn in your coins. We'll give you a 5% you know, bonus for turn. There's coins out there to be had. So let's call spade a spade on this one. Yeah. The, the theory out there is that because laundromats and other places like that that you normally use coins is, is closed, there are no coins in circulation. Yeah, but when I put a coin in the laundromat machine, it doesn't go in the fucking ether. <laughs> it comes out and can be used again. So I don't know, Eric. You're making way too much sense. <laughs> the Federal Reserve says no. They say that the coins are just a shortage and they need more of them. But uh, they realize they're disposable. Yeah. So my my theory on this, my my theory is this is just one step towards no more money at all. I yeah, think getting rid of actual. Yeah. There's currency. no. There's no. Not going to be money for long. I mean, in terms of the world, right? You know, in in the future. It's a, it's a very finite amount of time. There's no re, there's no reason to have coins. There's going to be future. this, then you're going to have credits on it. Yeah, that's it. You're going to do You're done. Bought it, right? And it's happening now, of course, right? Yeah. Um, you touch your, your your phone to something and it pays, and and the money that you have is in your e wallet. You know, I, I have cryptocurrency. You know what I mean? It's like fucking everybody. You know, that's the thing. So I, it's only so much time till that is what everybody's using, and coins and dollar bills are gone. I, I give it like twenty years max, and, and there'll be no physical currency. When I try to pay with cash for anything even remotely big, they go, "I don't want that." Yeah, they don't want it. It's too much of a hassle to deal with. Yeah, no, they don't want it. So um, we're 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 knocking out all the good stories or the bad stories first. We have one funny story at the end. Don't worry. Um, this is like the compliment sandwich of stories. Yeah, this one's not, this one's not good either. <laughs> so, so as of June 14th, there have been 38 murders in the last 28 days, twice times as that exact same period last year in New York uh, Police Department statistics. So they're saying there have been 159 murders, which is 25% higher than last year so far this year. So it is not looking good in New York City, and that is very indicative of the rest of the large cities around the country. And uh, why do you think that is, Eric? Well, it's interesting. That's the uh, well, most densely populated, but then also, too, it's been on lockdown, I think, for the longest period of time. So there's got to be yeah. some level of stir-crazy. Probably attention's going to other things other than policing, essentially, like for crimes. Now, is it, it's, well, murder's up, and then so I know some of the other violent crimes are oh, down. I don't know. In New York City, they're all up. I mean, it's like, I it's, like rape and was down. I don't, and, I don't know. We'll have to. Can you check rape in New York City? Of course he can. He's excited to check it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to find out the numbers on that. Um, but, you yeah. know, the shooting the shooting crimes, we're talking about deaths, but the shooting crimes are crazy high. Right yeah, I was now. just going to ask. Gun crimes you know, yeah, what, like, for the murders, is it, yeah, is it gun-related? Is it? Yeah, it's gun-related. But, I mean, the, the, the statistics for gun-related crimes sh should be on our paper here, but it's it's like wildly up, like 300, 400% up. 
um, for gun-related crimes that don't result in death, you know, because obviously not every gunshot results in, in, in death. And actually, it's interesting. That's another interesting statistic. If you look at gunshot wounds now versus 10 years ago, I don't even know what 20 years ago. It's amazing how much faster people react and the, med the medical advances, or I don't even know what's happening from, from 10 years ago to now, but people, when they get shot, just don't die as often. Yeah, and also I think part of it too, which is, is good. That's a good thing. Are you guys laughing? That's a good thing. I've built up an immunity to bullets. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I think part of that too is more people have guns, and you have a lot of untrained people, and they it don't make sense. Shoot kill shots. They just start shooting everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and you do, you get hit, and like it's not a, a kill shot. I mean, that's probably part of it, but yeah, I believe that. What's what's the yeah. number? Murders up fifty percent change. Murders up fifty percent in New York. Are we talking about? We're in New York yeah. City. Okay. Uh, Rape is down 15%. Less rape. More killing, less rape. All right. 26% down on robbery. Okay. Okay. Felony assault down 7%. Burglary up 28%. Burglary up 28%. Okay. Grand, grand larceny down 24%. Okay. GLA up 68%. But I have my GLA. Where's Bernie Carrick when we need him? Yeah, Bernie would know. So, so basically, what that says to me is people are just killing people more often, not doing the rest. And they're not raping them or anything. Shooting victims up 206%. Oh, shooting, that's the, that's the number that I was looking for. 206% up for shooting victims. That, that Obviously, death and shooting, while uh, while they are attached, they're not exclusively attached. So Shooting incidences are up 184%. It's crazy. So anyway, the driver, you know, I mean, obviously, there's I know so the much civil unrest. But... I think, I think the, the, the main driver uh, is that the police are not being involved as much, is that police are scared. Which I, if I can't even, if you put yourself in a, a, the shoes of a police officer right now in New York City, like you don't want to do shit, man. I wouldn't want to be around that. I wouldn't want to like. Oh, Grand Larceny Auto. So it's different than normal Grand Larceny, just for cars. So uh, if it was me, man, I'm, I'm a cop. I'd be scared shitless. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to involve myself. There's violence. I'm not getting out of the car. I'm trying to avoid it. And I know there's been an absolute ton of police officers that have been calling out, saying they're sick, saying they're worried about being sick. Etc. Um, because of everything going on, right? Yeah, from probably the COVID side to even if you're one of the good cops, you're probably being villainized right now. Oh my so, god! Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, in much more funny news, um, significantly more funny than that, uh, kangaroos. So, let me tell you about kangaroos. They're from Australia. They jump up and down, and they have run away here in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale. Play that clip, Johnny. 1223, listen to this. A massive police presence ends with a kangaroo in cuffs. Fort Lauderdale police received reports of a kangaroo on the loose. With the help of the state wildlife officials, police were able to safely capture the marsupial near the intersection of Flying L Drive and Northeast 13th Street. The kangaroo is now heading to a barn where the police department keeps its horses until it can find a proper home. How about that? <laughs> so, so, you know, I've been around uh, marsupials. I went to Australia, oh, I guess. Well, I guess yeah, I've been to the, uh, the, the Melbourne Zoo, Melbourne Zoo which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And, uh, and I got to be around them. And I got news for you. Those things are scary as fuck. Like, they're huge and they're angry. And uh, if you mess with them, they have muscles, too. If you mess with them, they'll fuck oh, you up. They mentally kicked you? Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to be kicked at all by them. They got nails. I mean, I wouldn't. So those cops were wrestling them. There was some brave police officers right there because I would not want to touch those things. See, where the fuck is Joe Exotic when you need him? Joe Exotic could have he could have saved the day, See, man. He would have come in. He would have whispered to them something yeah. and they would have went with him. Eventually yeah. shot him and left him in a ditch, but it's yeah. Yeah. 
Got <laughs> <laughs> it, math. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with, with with that in mind, we're going to do a commercial break, guys. And I want to remind everybody, uh, we have AJ Buckley on next. And if you have questions for AJ Buckley, please make sure to ask him on the uh, on the YouTube feed or on the Facebook feed. We will get to them before we let him go. So, and we'll be back in uh, just a minute with AJ Buckley. My name is Ben Galloway. And I'm Matt Saracino. We are the Tier Operator Management Team, and we invite you to join the Redcon One family. I joined the Tier Operator Program because I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. Being a Tier Operator is phenomenal. You want to keep tearing up. You want to work for, yes, the best company in the fitness industry. Redcon One helped me reach my goal, which at the time I didn't even know was a goal. The products work. Like, that's, I mean, that's what it is. And I want to help other people reach their fitness goals using these products. I love that it's like a big family. I really enjoy that we can get together at events like this. And it's like, even though we're thousands of miles apart, it's just like we all know each other like we're neighbors. We're not just out here trying to make sales. We're out here trying to change lives. Apply to be a tier operator today. giving away free Total War and a custom gym bag. Everyone's been asking us for months to release a hot new Redcon 1 gym bag. This weekend, we're giving away a custom, exclusive Redcon 1 workout bag with every $50 purchase, and it's absolutely free. Spend $90 or more, and we'll allow you to choose from any flavor of our award-winning pre-workout formula, Total War, to add to your cart. Use the code GYM30 and save an additional 30% off your entire order at checkout. Maximize your workouts and shop for new gear from our Vice City collection. This deal lasts only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so hurry and visit redcon1.com and shop today while supplies last. one this weekend only spend fifty dollars get a free gym bag spend ninety dollars get a free total war and don't forget use the code gym 30 for 30 percent off at checkout baby
Yo, we are back. <laughs> back. So, guys, um, I want to tell everybody about my friend, AJ Buckley, who is the, uh, in my opinion, him and Max are the lead for the hit show on CBS, SEAL Teams. And uh, it is a great show. If you haven't seen it already, you haven't met AJ yet, what the hell are you waiting for? You need to check out this show. What's that, Johnny? Oh, Johnny's got a clip. Hold on. Go on, Johnny, that clip. Show, show him. Hey, son, I have some bad news. You're stuck. Your tube's filling up with water. I'm gonna get you out of here. Eat him out now. He's gonna have to stand by. I can't breathe. Barricade that door. Get me out of here! New SEAL Team, CBS Wednesday. All right, so so without further ado, let's bring AJ, because I actually want to talk about just that, literally just that. I didn't know. AJ! AJ Buckley in the What's house. What's up, fellas? How hey, are you, man? It's great to see you. Great to see you too. Thank you so much for spending your uh, your evening with us, your Thursday evening with us, AJ. Uh, I'm I'm actually super excited to to be on. I've I've, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts of, of you guys doing this, and it's awesome. It's a great show. So, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Of course, of course, AJ. We we uh, you are you're very you're on our, you're high on the list. You're top on the list, man. So we yeah, I love it, buddy. Yeah, we want to talk to you about a whole lot of things, but it, Johnny just played. I didn't know that clip was coming because that's a clip that I, specifically that I wanted to talk to you about. So before we get into anything else, how I met you, your career, and everything else related to all that shit, we got to talk about this one scene. So Johnny, yeah. could, could you could you play it one more time, please? Sorry, AJ. I, I want people because they don't realize this is this is important. Go yeah, ahead. Hey, really son, my worst bad nightmare. news. You're stuck. Your tube's filling up with water. I'm gonna get you out of here. Eat him out now. He's gonna have to stand by. I can't breathe. Barricade that door. New SEAL Team, CBS Wednesday. Okay, so, so I had to play it again because it's important. I, I felt like this of the of that season. That was my favorite moment. Yeah. Obviously, because probably because I know you, but also because it was yeah. high high drama in that part. And I yeah. thought, like, I put myself in your position. I thought, man, that was like, if it was me, I I feel like I would have been legitimately scared to to be in there. Could you tell us what what was going on in this? Uh, well, yeah, it was definitely, I, I didn't think I would be claustrophobic at all during that. And, uh, until I got in that tube and, and, you know, a little backstory about it. Uh, Mark Simos, who's a, who's a team guy, cause we have actual team guys writing on the show. Uh, he had come up to me and he said, look, I, I got a, a really great episode for you. And, uh, it's gonna be all about units and it's, it's loosely based on something that happened, but obviously not. Uh, exactly this, but uh, he told me, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "Yeah, it's, it's basically just going to be you stuck in a tube, and over the course of the episode, um, the water is filling up, and uh, we can't, the team can't give turn their sub back on because we basically were in uh, foreign water, and it would cause a war. So they have to basically the the the, the guy that's running the ship has basically has to make a decision that I have to be sacrificed for the greater good." And it's a real emotional scene in the sense of saying goodbye and all this sort of stuff. And it was it was it was a great experience in the sense of like they shot all the guy stuff first. And Chris Chulak, our director and and sort of one of the, our main guys behind the show and with his vision and whatnot, um, uh, he shot all their stuff first. But I had to perform everything on the mic in another room. So and then the next week I came back and we did all their stuff and they performed it on a mic while I was in there. And slowly during the course of the thing, it would fill up. 
And the Drager I had on was a fake one, but you, I had to pretend to pull it and they had a safety line hooked onto me. And, uh, if I, if I, I'd either have to say pineapple or something, or like I'd give a hand signal and they would pull me out. And I had this really one kind of freak out moment that they actually used it where I'm like, get me out of here. Like that was, a, that was a, a take where I kind of freaked out really. Um, because it was that terrifying and they went to pull and basically the water was come up, but my gun kind of jammed and the dragger gag. And I went to suck on the dragger just out of instinct and it, I sucked in water. So I was just like, it was, it was terrifying. And then a hand came through and like put like uh, the thing in my mouth to get some air and got up and cough for a bit. And I made this stupid decision because I was like, I'm going to go method on this. I'm like, I want the water cold. And 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 our stunt guy was like, are you sure? He's like, you're going to be in there for a couple of days. I'm like, no, it's got to be cold because if I want to shiver, I'm going to shiver. What a stupid idea. What a stupid <laughs> idea. <laughs> I went to I went to acting class. I could sure I could figure out how to act cold, but I was like, well, I don't want this to be comfortable. It was so freezing. Like the at the next episode, of this I was I was de definitely sick. It was it was uh, but it was um it was it was it was such a uh, cool emotional experience because it really brought the, all of us together and we're all showing up for each other on days that we're not working, so to speak. And uh, I was really proud of um, of Mark Simos, who is a team guy. Um, and just to have him write something that he was incredibly proud of. Um, and it was cool. And, you know, it was, uh, the, the, the episode got a lot of recognition. I, I got perform performance, uh, of the week with from TV guide and a bunch of other really cool things. So it was, it was, it was definitely a, a really well-received, uh, episode from the critics. Yeah. And, and so for me watching the show, uh, you know, so for people that don't know, so that's it's like a real thing. So torpedo tubes on a on a U-boat on a submarine, that is how seals get in and out, right? So they yeah. you know, would normally think of a torpedo, everything is going out, it's pressurized, and yeah, yeah. It, it does shoot them out. But yeah, when when seals come down and they don't want to like surface to bring the like so yeah. in that case they're in foreign waters. If they surface, they're gonna get noticed by sonar and stuff, uh, radar. And so they don't do yep. it, don't go up. So a seal will actually literally swim down into the torpedo tube. Uh, Johnny has a, a picture right now. So uh, literally will actually swim down into the torpedo tube and they'll get in there. Look how tight that shit is, man. And they'll go in the, with all your gear too. Yeah. Yeah. From with all your gear on too. Into it, they'll pressurize it. And then in, in the case of AJ or Sonny Quinn, right, he was in there and it started filling out with water. And because they're in foreign waters, they couldn't help him. They couldn't open it up. And uh, he was in, literally in the process of drowning. And the yeah. captain said, no, I'm not opening it. Sorry, fuck off, basically. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all his teammates were like, well, so do we do we open it anyway? Do we you know, do what do we do? We can't let him, our, our teammate die, you know, our brother die. Yeah. Is this captain? And, uh, and it was, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I don't want to say what happened, but yeah. obviously Sonny Quinn lives on. So, you know, yeah. it ended up working out. And it was a, one of the other guys, the team guy, Garrett Golden, was my guy on set with me. And he actually had, he, he, this is one of his specialties. And he'd been, I think, the longest dive he like 20. Lost audio. AJ, we lost audio somehow. What, what just happened? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? There, we're back. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I got, I ha I, I got like a, a phone call. Um, so um Garrett Golden was my tech advisor and he 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 was two guys as well and he he's had I think the longest dive he's ever done is like 21 hours uh where he's underwater uh, um which is just insanity when you see like and how far down he is and 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 
he was my guy on set to really kind of walk me through this. And he's a huge guy and he's been in these tubes before and has sort of gone through it and stuff. And so just to sort of be with him and, 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 and it, it, he hasn't been in a situation like that, but he said, when you're like sucking for air, like you're the, the CO2 coming in, like you're fighting for every single word. And we started talking and he, and we're talk, I'm, I'm going through the dialogue of where I have to say goodbye to my brothers and, and everybody has their moment. And the, and just seeing him getting teared up and, and, and sort of explaining to me what that's like. It was it was an incredible bonding experience with him particularly, but the the dialogue just being so truthful that it, it really hit home with him and, and sort of the, the responsibility sort of, I, I felt that just to sort of raise it up, uh, you know, as, as much as I could. Um, uh, I would, uh, I would do that. So it was, it was, it was, it was really cool, man. It was a very special experience for me. And, 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 and honestly, truthfully, it's probably one of my, my favorite episodes I've ever shot. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, you know, you, you just mentioned responsibility and everything. We just had the Murph here, as you know, we had the Murph for the official. I know I did. I watched it. I was, I was so bummed. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't get out there, man. It was, it was, uh, yeah, he it, was it, uh, I, it was. It would have been really cool to get out there, but uh, and 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 dude, the guys at Forge, the, those guys are just phenomenal guys. Uh, like uh, they've given me some clothes to wear in the show, and Sonny wears those. But the, the guys at Forge are just just a great, great group. Uh, Mike and Samantha's wife, just just a, a solid group of people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We would look. You will be there next year, right? Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. With the COVID and family stuff, and you know how, how, I know how it goes. I don't I, listen. Yeah, it's my birthday party, and that's important enough. That's I did. I showed up. I showed up to that. I was there, Just which was awesome. By the way, that but, was awesome. That was such like that was. Like, I know people, a lot of people, but that was one of the coolest birthday parties with the video games and the stuff and the family <laughs> singing. And that, tr and truthfully, not to get off subject, but that was like I got to kind of meet you and hang out with you for the first time, meet all your friends, and meet the company. This is before we, we I came on the team, and, and and not for nothing, it was just I was like I was like you know what, and my wife said the same thing. These I was like these are such great people, like just good ass people. And when you when you show up to an intimate birthday party like that, they're still really crazy. You guys are are got a wild bunch out there. Uh, it was just just a, such a solid group of people that I was like you know it was such a great experience in there so yeah so the the with the joining redcon even meant more to me because of, of of what good people you are that's awesome so i'll tell you a uh you, you a story this time so so okay. came there are two guys that you met sean rosario who was gold squadron guy and you met yeah yep. ricks who's yeah great guy squadron guy and uh and so that's uh seal team you know seal team guys who made it through a green team and became seal team six and, yeah. uh, and both of them, when they knew about the show, SEAL teams, they maybe watch a little bit of the show, SEAL team show, but they didn't, not much. And I told them that you were coming. And both of them were like, mm, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how I feel about yeah. him. And uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's usually uh, their response. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of like, ugh. Mm. Uh, and, no. uh, and not bad, but they're like not pretty no. either, yeah. right? Um, and so, um, and so these guys ended up loving you and, and, uh, yeah, was, with you and getting you extremely drunk for way past that. So I dumb. Up, right. Extremely yeah. drunk. Right? Hammered. Hammered. <laughs> I, I think, I think they might even carry me back to my room. They're like, Oh, you, you play a seal on TV. We're going to get you fucking wasted. You even texted me the next day to come hang out. I'm like, it's, it's not happening, buddy. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, were, I ordered room so service and went so, back to he bed. So done. He, could, he literally was like in his room for most of the a large majority <laughs> yeah. of the next day. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, what great guys! We laughed. We laughed our asses off. Testament, bro. I think it's a testament to you that these two guys, who are you know, Chris and, and Sean, have done twenty-five deployments between combat deployments between them and killed many, many bad guys. And they go, "Well, this guy's good. He's cool. We like him." And I thought that yeah, was pretty cool, way. considering they started off feeling, you know, pretty unsure uh, about you in general, and they ended up at the end of the day being like, "I like him. He's a good guy." Even, and and uh, and then you hung with them because I like I was at a point where if I would have kept going after where I was yeah. at it would have got bad yeah. and I would have gotten in trouble with yeah. the uh, <laughs> you kept going for hours after yeah uh, hours yeah I was like okay and they're like let's get another one I'm like okay I know I can't say no I was like okay <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome I, I think I was I think I was communicating with my hands at the end of it I think I really was like bah, 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 bah. like what are you saying like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it, 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 it's so true. My wife was like, "Wow, you are in bad shape right now." I'm like, "Yep, yep. This is not. This is this is not good." So, but that's that's. I had I had my my uh, my wife there to to nurse you back yep. to health the next morning. Yes, yes. I think yes. if I remember correctly, she went to the spa and she's like, "See you at some point, right?" Yeah, I, I we had like a whole day of spa thing. I was like, "This is great." I was like, "I'm not. I'm not moving." I really was like, I couldn't even. The the converter was like half a foot away from me and I couldn't even like, I, I was like, I can't reach the converter to turn on the TV. I was like, I can't do it. I'm just going to keep my head open. It was painful, but it was worth it. It was totally worth it. No, those guys are solid dudes, man. It was, it was, it was uh, all around. Your, your wife uh, crushed, crushed the party. That was so fun. So yeah. fun. Yes, she did. She absolutely did. And, and we had a great time. And, and uh, you know, as soon as I, that was over and I will move off the birthday party after this, but yeah, yeah. the party was, uh, was over, man. Usually with a thing like that, I feel like my first thing is to regret spending the money on something like that. But this mm. one was different where I was like, wow, that was super fun. How can I find an excuse to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like I mean, I literally, you can't do it for 41. That's bullshit. But I have, to figure out, again. I have to figure out another way. <laughs> you know? 40, 40, 40 and a half. 40 and a half. To renew your vow. Yeah. Coming up on that. Renew your vows. Renew your vows. No, like 10 years. Like 10 years. So All we're right. close. We're close. Yeah. We're we can close. bar mitzvah yeah. again. Bar mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah. You're like an adult bar mitzvah. Yeah. I'll do it. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> that would actually be really fun, man. That would be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually yeah. met AJ uh, through Aaron Williamson. And uh, Aaron is, yeah. uh, uh, for people out there who don't know, Aaron is a trainer to the stars and, and uh, was on a Redcon One team for a little while and uh, a Marine himself. Very, very cool guy. And, uh, and great also guy. A actor, you know? Yeah, yeah, great guy. Phenomenal great guy. guy. Great guy. So uh, Aaron uh, trained everybody from The Rock to, I mean, like a long list, Ryan Gosling and all, many, 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 many uh, celebrities and, and, and stars and, and helped them get into shape. And Aaron came down here and hung out, and we shot some video. And he said, "Hey, man, you got to meet AJ Buckley. He is uh, really into training now. He is, you know, on the show SEAL team, and and, and he was Aaron was also as a I think an extra or, or was helping out. And, yeah, yeah, he was doing some stunt stuff and a bunch stunt. of other stuff. And he's 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 auditioned. Uh, they love him on the show. He's just such a big deal. I think he's trying to find the right role. And I, hopefully, we'll get him on this season. But he's great at what he does, man. He's got such an intensity, and presence, and and uh, uh, and and he's been, and he's also too. He, he he went off and he's just been 
he's been working nonstop on on various different things. So he's he's a uh, great guy, absolutely great guy, man. I know he has a lot of. I know we talked about all the plans he has for uh, for some of the movie projects and stuff that he's in the. Obviously, I mean, this is a whole. We're not. I don't. You know, this is a whole topic in and of itself. But COVID nineteen and all this craziness and riots and shutdowns have a really no. dramatically affected the the world of Hollywood and and the movies and TV. No. It's crazy. It's 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 like even with this new shutdown here, it's just it it just to me it just I it's like I can't get out of this dream of 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 that's like a bad horror film or it's just it's just never ending and you know and and, and I've got friends who you know are like lost lost everything lost their businesses lost their restaurants lost you know and then the the one breath that they had to come back then the riots happened and 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 the protests and, and uh, it just there was it's just this next like you were saying this earlier this next sort of couple months is just uh, you know it's i really think you know i know it's not possible but like people that own houses and taxes like they've got if they're if we're all staying home we need to be able to they have to be they need to pause everything if this is for humanity they got to be like okay whatever what what money you have left you've got to feed your family and do this and we need to, we're all in, we're all in this together as everyone keeps saying then then pause everything pause everything and pick up when it's over because people you're there's going to be the the my in my opinion the ripple effect after it, we're going to be in such an unrecoverable place for 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 people that were already just getting by, and it's just not. It's, and if they're making the choice for the sake of humanity, then we've got to be able to, in some way, you know, not a twelve hundred dollar check we're sending people. We just got to be able to take care of them in, in a way that you know is really going to help them. And, and a lot of people, mortgages or rent is their biggest uh, uh, um, uh, expense. You know, and whether to, to the landlords, it's some sort of big tax break or something that they give them. For, for for allowing tenants to stay it's just they you know it goes back to compassion you know we, we've got to we've got to we've got to figure out a way when you say we're all in this together that means we should be in this together and so much divide and you know craziness right now with with everything being so political driven with the disease itself you know on both sides we can't figure out what's right what's wrong you know where the real information is coming why are people saying this so there's just such confusion and it sucks when you see, you know, friends that are are truly going through an incredibly tough time, and th they don't, you know, none of us feel like we're in it together. You know, it's it's, it's so messed up right now. So I, I, it's just, yeah, I, 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 I wish there was more of a platform for 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 us to change and help people more in that sense. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping over the next month or so we really see this thing eradicate itself and and we get back to work and get back to the, the country that we love yeah well I, I certainly hope so for you and for the entertainment industry and my, my personal belief and, and obviously this is uh, uh i don't know if it's outside of the norm certainly outside of the hollywood norm is that i think that that we're that we're fucked man i think there's no chance that this is going away i don't think any mask or close down or whatever is gonna yeah. reverse the tide i think i just feel like we're too far too deep into it yeah to reverse everything at this point where we're like gonna unless there's a you know you know hopefully you know knock on wood there'll be a some sort of vaccine or some right. drug that will help people but at this point i just don't i the the and maybe it's because we're in well you're in california we're in florida south florida especially the numbers yeah, yeah. are not going down. They're not, we're not, you know, we're not 
the curve is not going down. It's not flattening. It's going yeah. way the fuck up, right? It's going crazy up. Yeah. So, so here yeah. we had 15,000 new cases. So it's like, yeah. is, is there a chance to stop it? I just don't think so. You think there's a way to do it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, you know, I think there's like my wife used to work in infectious disease and just a bunch of her bosses that she's talked to and whatnot. There's been such a problem with testing, too. It's like if you take if you if you have taken one test and then say you test positive, you have to take three more tests. They count those tests. So the, te the, the numbers are skewed a little bit, too. And then it's like there's people that get COVID, but they're, they've had pancreatic cancer. They had some type of heart disease or they had some type of thing. So there's the system, unfortunately is not, you know, and yes, people, there's no doubt this is a savage thing and people are dying and stuff, but it's so hard to get what the real data is to base on any of this, which is incredibly frustrating for store owners and stuff and the, and the things we're keeping open yet to the things that we're closing. It's like, it, it's, you know, you, you just can't, you can't, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it, I've literally, I've, I've, I've gone down the wormhole so many times just trying to research it in, in, in the sense just to have the knowledge so I can protect my family and make the right decisions and stuff and just getting frustrated because one site to the next contradicts each other. So it's, it's so hard. And if anything, you know, more of the divine and more people questions because of that, you can't get an answer. And, and, and then, you know, whatever news channel you turn on to, there's just such fear and, and, and it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't help the situation when there's just, there's just not uh, a common thread of like, this is our plan to get out and this is how we do it. And, 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 and like I said, when you see your friends that are, are, are going through a really tough time and they're, and they're, they're losing everything, you know. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's just not good, you know, and, and it, what's tough too. I mean, the, just the rate of suicide that's gone up, the rate of child abuse that's gone up, the domestic violence, like it's this, this, the staying at home is one thing and staying at home when you're losing money and, 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 and the, al you know, the alcoholism and drug abuse, like it's, it's going through the roof. It's like, that's not an environment now. Kids staying at home from school. It's just like, what are we doing? You know, we've got, they're just, you know, and especially with our kids, like my, my daughter, like she's like she's she loves being a kid and hanging out with her friends and this was hard on on it's been incredibly hard on her coming home i mean when we the, the shutdown happened was march 15th and we we moved on march 15th uh we moved to a, a, a new place and we we're downsizing because we were planning on on moving to to be full t full time based out of nashville so we're supposed to be in nashville right now we're gonna stay there till the season came back, and we were, our hope was to to find a house um, there and based there full time. So we downsized, and the day I, our show gets shut down, our, all my daughter comes home from school. Our, we, the movers basically dropped the stuff off, and that was it. And we like, like you couldn't get cable, you couldn't get internet, you couldn't you couldn't get anything. It was just all three kids in this small gondo with a bunch of boxes. And they're like, and homeschooling starts tomorrow. I'm like, I'm like, babe, you got this, right? You can do the homeschooling because I, I am terrible at school. <laughs> My wife is <laughs> So it was, but it was like, and then you, of course, you're like being, you know, an optimist. I, I was just like, well, this isn't going to last. We're going to get through this. And then I just extended and extended. And, you know, so, you know, I, I, I hope for the, I hope for the best, you know, I, I, um, I flip flop with uh, whether we're going to get out, but it's, it's, I've just, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I'm wanting to go back to work desperately. I miss, I miss shooting the show and we're, we were supposed to go, we're scheduled to go back right now, August 20th, uh, which is great. Um, we're going to finish the last two episodes of, um, of season three. Cause we, we, we stopped halfway through, uh, 21, which was, uh, David's episode. And, um, it's, and the, the last two episodes, truthfully, of season three were, are so good that um uh that when we had to stop it it, it was actually really devastating there's this incredible thing so that those will actually be the first two episodes of, of of season four and um you know and then there's a whole new way that we've got to shoot this year and i don't even know what the rules are but i think one of the reasons our our show survived uh was because we can shoot outside because our show is outside and we're on the side of a mountain for, you know, a week or so at a time where the soundstage that you, you guys came to, we're, I don't think we're going to be using that as much. Um, uh, we'll be more, you know, outdoors about an hour and a half, two hours away in Santa Clara. We have a whole, uh, village built Afghanistan village or a different country that we did. It's an amazing job. Um, it's actually funny that they, our set designer has done such an incredible job that, that when team guys have showed up to set and have come in and and uh, been in certain areas, they're like they're like they're like Jesus, this is this is like giving me flashbacks of like this looks like such and such and so um, the authenticity of of certain sets and stuff to see the see the guys get uh, have, have it bring back memories and stuff is a, is a pretty cool thing. Actually, that picture right there that's from the pilot. So we were that was like day two or three. If you look at if you look at Max right there, you can see how skinny he is. That was before Redcon. He, had, he just he had he had, he had skater bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can I can speak to the sets. I mean, you know, I was there in the old set where where you were in the past season, and man, you, you go there and you're transported. Whether it's going in the AC one thirty, uh, where uh, yeah yeah yeah, you guys are being yeah, and we have good pictures. Uh, Johnny doesn't have those. He can't pull them up, but. Um, getting me and Jerry all going in the AC 130 and it feels like you're in it. And then we were there for the time when, um, you guys were doing a South American set and it was like a cave yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and you see, you go in and you're like, dude, it like legit feel it's easy. You know, they make it easy. Now I'm, I'm not an actor, but I can, I can imagine being one and thinking like if you're in that set and it makes yeah. it really easy to put yourself in your mind there because the set is yeah. so goddamn good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and what's actually been really cool too, and uh, the CBS is something that you know makes you really proud to be a part of the show. You know, over seventy percent of our crew are veterans. Um, one of our our guys, Mark Owen, that the show is loosely based on, he wrote a book called No Easy Day, and uh, all a bunch of his guys um, uh, got on the show and. Um, They've now become guys from Delta and, and Marsoc, and um, uh, they've all got to become on the show and become producers, or they're they're like full time writers, um, or they're tech advisors. And um, for guys that have that have had this actually really crazy experience, where these got this, this these guys had just come back and they started talking and talking to one of the team guys, and they're like, "Hold on a second here, like where were you?" And they figured out a day to a, a gunfight and they the guy literally gets choked up and he's like dude we talked over comms like you saved our asses and he's like you're such and such and he's like yeah he's like holy shit and the guy just starts sobbing i was like you don't get this like this is they would they've never met each other before 
He's like, I just wanted to thank you. Like he saved, you know, and he's like, you guys came in and they had Overwatch and they came in. So there, 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 there is a real reverence that we have for, for the men and women that are on our show that have served the country. And, you know, that has a lot to do with Chris Chulak and our, and our, and our showrunner Spencer and, and, and Mark and, and, and all of our, all of our stunt doubles are, uh, former team guys, um, uh, special operations of some sort. So, you know, th them being there with us and and really getting to know them and seeing that brotherhood and the joking around, the camaraderie and, and just what that means. And then, like I said, the story with, with Garrett and, and me saying the words and him getting choked up and me getting, like, there's, there's there, it, out of all the shows that I've ever done, uh, this is by far the most proud I, I am of a show to be a part of because of the guys that I get to go to work with every day. And, um, you know, and, and, and the, how important CBS has made it that these guys, we tell their story in the best way possible. At the end of the day, we're telling we're making a TV show. So you have to cut corners, but uh, you sort of the rule of thumb in any TV show, uh, that you, um, in Los Angeles or in the business, if it, the director's on set, he sort of is the only person that can call cut or, or do anything when we're on set. And there's a rule on our set that the tech advisors, who are one of the team guys, if the director is doing something that's not true to how they would move or how it would be shot or anything, they're able to step in and they sort of outrank the director. And it's made very clear from the start that you do not do anything and you always need to check with the guys to make sure that they're cool. As long as they give the thumbs up, um, it's it goes through like one of our main guys tyler gray is becoming a really dear friend of mine and uh tyler plays trent on the show um and he was blown up in fallujah and you know he's got his, his arm and uh and his leg and stuff and and uh but he's he's an incredible storyteller and um you know he he sort of he's told the story he's like you know i i you know i'm a, I'm a yeah i've always felt like i was a warrior and I thought for sure I was going to die on the battlefield. And I, in a sense, I felt lost after that didn't happen. And I lived and I had to, I didn't know what, what I never thought past like 35. I didn't think I was ever going to make it there because I was in Delta and I just, you know, I just thought I was going to die. And, and this show and what, in a sense for him, he's become such an integral part. He was sort of the, the main go-to guy on the, on the set. And then the uh, Chris Chulak and, and and Spencer and, and the rest of the producers really saw that this guy knew how to tell a story. And what this has never happened before, ever, is that they gave a, a guy that's not even in the director's guild, uh, that's never done any anything other than tech advice, and he's now a producer on the show. He, they gave him an opportunity to direct, and he fucking crushed it. And it was such a cool moment to to see this guy that's done so much for our country, uh, above and beyond is is one of the greatest humans you ever met to to get an opportunity like this that is life-changing uh and his his episode he crushed it and he's getting to do another one this year so so that that the the, the impact not just in the storytelling with him but the guys on the show that have become part of it uh uh and and how close i've gotten with them and um is it's a really special thing so you know you we're going to go to CSI New York next, but I will say it's uh, it's cool that that you guys and and you could feel this when we were on the set, the importance that the, the actual guys who did this, the team guys and the guys who a lot of the stories are based on, um, 
mm. a big part and that you guys and you and, and the rest of the guys feel such a responsibility to tell the stories in the right way. I think that's what mm. probably went over my friend, Sean and Chris, um, because mm. they, they, they think of this stuff as like, that you don't give a shit. You're just an actor. You don't give a shit about any of this stuff. Yeah. You're just getting money and whatever. But when they realize, I think, and I'd have to have them on to ask them, I think that what they realize is like you're a real guy who actually cares about this stuff. That's important to you to know. Um, Cause both of those guys were on seal team six. And um, yeah. like the fact that you're so interested that you're like really into it, that you care. You, that it's not just the yeah. job for you that you want to represent them. Well, I think that's yeah. what I'm over. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a genuine thing. And you know, for, for me, you know, I was born in Dublin, Ireland and raised in Canada and, I had an idea of, of the military, um, but I, I didn't understand what, what the sacrifice and, 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 and what these guys had gone through because I'd really done the show. And, and you know, to, I know we're going to segue into CSI New York. I, I had a bit of a concept because I, I worked with Gary Sinise every day, and that guy truly transitioning for me into this job has become such a, an important person uh, in my life with this because he's sort of the golden standard, the Gary Sinise Foundation of 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 what to do and how to do it right, and and um, he just he, the guy the what he does that is never even publicized and 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 above and beyond what he's done for other uh, you know veterans and whatnot is is probably one of the coolest things. He's just he's just such a great American. And the one thing that he said to me when I called him, I said, you know, like I got the show and you know there's a couple of foundations that um I'm um I've been asked to 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 really get behind and I just want to one vet them through you and, and two like what what's your advice that you have? He goes, honestly AJ he goes, the main thing, he goes, it's not about a fucking Instagram post. He goes, you need to show up. He goes, you show up, that's it. He's like, so many people just do posts and it's bullshit. He's like, but you, as long as you show up, do your part, show up. They show, they've showed up for the country, you show up for them. And I was like, got it. He's like, that's rule of thumb. And uh, so, yeah, so for, for me, it's, a, it's, about, it's about showing up for these guys and, and then using the platform um, to, to – to bring awareness to what what they what they go through, and it's, it's it's so crazy. Like we spend so much money on war, so much money for the fight, but we spend so little on the fight that these guys have at home. And to me, that is so heartbreaking. And when you hear it from like even the top the, the top guys that come home, they have they struggle with it. So you imagine about the you know nineteen year old kid that went there because he was going to get paid, and he's come back and he's just messed up. It's like that these invisible wounds of war. Um, and if it wasn't documented properly and, and with their TBI, uh, and, and all the other stuff, they're in the VA, which is a complete mess and, and they're given pain pills and it just that puts band-aids on the real issue and, you know, and then just transition them into a job, you know, it, it to me, it's, it's, we, we, we just have to do more for, for these guys and, and, you know, with the world that we're in now, um, you know, every everybody from marching to 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 uh, you know speaking their mind. The only reason any single person in this country, which is the greatest country in the world, has the right to say what they can say with freedom, is because of these men and women. And nobody's marching for them right now. And that shit pisses me off. And it's like, 
everybody needs a wake up call and, and realize you can march, you can protest, you can do whatever the hell you want. And it's because of the men and women that have done so much for this country. And, and we need to do more as a country for these guys, these men and women. I, I 100% agree. So we're going to move um, into CSI New York. I think that what you said is extremely important. And I think that uh, people need to think about that and know that more because we do have so much discord in America now. And, uh, and, mm. and, and, and really, like, what you said is the truth. If it wasn't for these men and women who are giving their lives, giving their, their, uh, their time and effort and lives to our mm. effort to protect those freedoms, that nothing literally nothing that you love or care about is available right now. It's not available. You can't do it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the number one thing, but so we got to go back in time a little bit. And I, okay. didn't know, I didn't know you uh, from CSI. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I only watched CSI New York here and there. And when I did meet you and know about you, I didn't, I didn't connect the AJ Buckley we're seeing now with AJ Buckley yeah. of CSI New York. Johnny, show us AJ Buckley CSI New York. <laughs> Like <laughs> up picture, Johnny. There we go. That's a different guy. Oh, yeah. Science, AJ Buckley. Oh yeah, uh, uh, very smart, very smart guy. Very smart guy. There's wait, hold on. Bring it. No, no, no. You can just click his picture, Johnny. Go live to him. That's AJ Buckley, the warrior. There we go. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm telling it, it, you. So, I so know. my question before we even get going is so. You back then, you were really, you've really like, as you just said, you really gotten into this role and also what the, mm -hmm. uh, what Sonny Quinn stands for. You've, you've realized who the character is and you've understood mm -hmm. the, the purposes and what's important to him. And then it's, you made it your own, right? Yeah. In CSI New York, you were, the, you were the science guy. So at, yeah. did, have you, did, at that time, and you spent a long time there. Did you get into like the, the world of forensics or is it, is it different? <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's kind of uh, the, the back, the, a little bit of the backstory of getting CSI. I, I, I kind of gone through a really tough time in, in, in my life. Uh, I'd been living out of my car. I lived out of my car for a year, year and a half. And um, I'd made this decision that I didn't, any dollar that was going to come into my, my bank account, it needed to be in my own. I had too many safety nets in the sense of my parents or this, and I, I'd made some bad decisions. And um, I, I just, in order for me to sort of find my way and, and, and feel good about it and sort of define myself as a man, I, I wanted to sort of do this on my own. So that being said, I, I, I ran out of money and I lived out of my car and uh, it, it was tough, but it was honestly some of the best moments I ever had in my life because I, I, I realized in then how, how rich I was in my, with my family and my friends and that I was actually chasing my dream. And that to me became so important and I never wanted to take it for granted again. And um, I was actually in a 7-Eleven parking lot and uh, I was trying to figure out what I was going to buy. And uh, it was like a slushie and like some instant mac and cheese or something. I had $32.95 to my name, and which I have framed in my office on my desk. And uh, I got the call from CBS uh, that I booked. A, I, I signed like a seven-year deal with CBS. And it completely changed my life. I mean, it like I don't come from money at all. And just to, just to see how proud my dad was and, and my mom and 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 sort of the feeling too of accomplishment, it was it was so so good. But the 
there's always a, a test period when you are, on, you know, on the show that still get taken away. So I knew that I, I had to go through this sort of hoops um, uh, because they'd gone through a lot of lab texts. The words are really hard. And uh, my, one of my very first words was methoxydisopropyltryptamine. Okay, that's no joke. <laughs> and I, I'm incre I'm incredibly dyslexic and and like it's hard for me to even read a book. I have to hear everything audio. Um, and so uh, I have this, I know the pressure, what I have to do. I show up and Gary, the scenes with Gary, and I'm a huge fan of Gary scenes. It's shortly after Forrest Gump. And uh, I have to say this word and I'm, I keep flubbing it. But I'm just in my mind, I'm like, just get through the scene, get through the scene. And I'm kind of stuttering over all these other words and I'm knocking over things, but I stay in the scene. And I'm, I'm like, I'm soaked in sweat. I had the lab coat on, it was even coming through. And the showrunner came in, she was like, I gotta tell you. And I thought she was gonna say, you're fired. She goes, great choice. I'm like, what? She's like, so funny. The stuttering, the fumbling, everything. She goes, I love it, keep doing that. I'm like, oh my God, totally, this is a choice. I'm sweating profusely. and. And I'm terrified right now, but this is this is the choice I made. She's like, I, I love it. Just keep 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 doing it. And I'm like, no problem. I, I can't say the fucking word methoxy. Don't exact this way. I'm like, blah, blah. And she's like, that's funny. I'm like, uh. and uh, and then like they just sort of loved that Adam could was like fumbling and nervous and always sort of thing. And then when I got comfortable, they'd look at me like, Where, where's the the stutter? We break to the it's a, and they they would write in words like I'm like uh, Adam is stumbling through knocking things over. So. This initial sort of fear became sort of a staple uh, uh, for, for for Adam, which is one of those things as an actor. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was crazy. We're incredibly grateful that that happened. And, you know, what's crazy, too, is the set that you came to film um, below the set of where we were upstairs, downstairs was the CSI studio. So I filmed I've been at that lot for almost 15 years with CBS and, and at, at, on that stage and then across the street, uh, which we, when we you drove across that bridge was the other main stage, but it's, it, it was kind of a trip when I drove back on and I was like, man, this is, this brings back so many memories. And, you know, it was, it was good. I remember, I remember like getting my first paycheck and like I, I got in a, an apartment and, uh, and I was like, what do I want to get? And I probably should have bought dishes or something like that, but I always wanted a pool table. So I literally fucking, I bought a pool table and like, like my mom called and she's like, Oh, she's like, did you get furniture? I'm like, yeah. She's like, what'd you get? I'm like a pool table. She's like, and I'm like, that's it. I don't have any more money. <laughs> she's, she's like, we're going we're gonna to sleep. I'm like, I'll sleep on the pool table. Who cares? It's great. It was like, it was just a, such a cool, a cool, uh, uh, thing of this, this like, you know, um, yeah, and, and it, for not, it was nine seasons. It was just, you know, I became such good friends with all of them. And, and Gary, just learning that. I went actually went over to uh, Afghanistan. Gary sent me over there uh, in 2008. Then I mean, they were doing the push out of, uh, sorry, I went to Iraq. And they went, they were doing the push into uh, Afghanistan. And uh, we we're supposed to go to uh, Afghanistan. And then it got called off for um, obvious reasons and came back. But that was a, a really, really eye opening experience back then yeah I bet. Well, so one of the things you talked about aj was like you know that like a defining moment in your life the 32.95 in your bank account so i know like for me i think that's kind of one of those i think everybody that's successful kind of has those moments of like kind of that little bit of a bottom like i know i had a bankruptcy when i was young where i used to i was always like all right do i put gas in my car or do i eat today and i'm like all right i'll put gas in my car yeah. get to work i'll eat later so 
Yeah, exactly. That moment when you're down to that 3295 and you're like, well, I'll buy some instant Mac and a slushy. Like, what's always going through your head to keep you going instead of just saying, fuck it, I'm, I'm going back home? Uh, honestly, it, 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 it truly was, and I, and, I, and I mean this with all sincerity, like I, 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 had, I had this, uh, this fire in me, um, and I remember having a conversation with myself in, in, in my rearview mirror and, and just being like, uh, I, uh, how do you do you want to go home? Do you, is uh, can you do this? And I I I've been fearless my whole life, and I just I was so like you know I'm a pretty happy guy. It takes a lot to to get me down, um, and I just I I just I don't, it was in, I just I was I was too focused, and and I I kind of flogged up before when I first got down there, and I I, I just appreciated, um, and and in a sense was grateful that. I was doing what exactly I was doing. And then I had talked to people back home and they'd gotten out of college and they were like, you know, got some shitty job and they were just like depressed. And I'm like, how, how are you doing? And also too, is a crazy part too, where I think a lot of things changed in my life too. When I was, for, for the longest time, I, I was I was lying. I was like, people are like, how, is it, how are things? And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking a big star, blah, blah, just lying. And I wasn't raised that way. And once I became okay with telling people that I was broke, had no money, but things are good, man. It's going to be all right. And once I kind of let that, you know, ego go of like, you know, pretending to be something else that I was never raised to be that way. Never raised. My dad had five jobs. He was a janitor, a tailor, a carpet. He did anything to put food on the table. So that when I realized that that was in my blood and that's who I was and I just got to, I just got to, you know, I got to do this and there's, there's no quitting me. Um, it just, it, it, it really was one of the best times in my life because it was the freest uh, I've ever been. And every day I woke up excited that today could be the day. Abs I'd never had a doubt that none of this, you know, uh, what I'm doing now or where I'd be right now um, would would be that, but or where, where I'd be. But it just, yeah, it was fearless, absolutely fearless. I still am in a sense. But now I've got kids and a wife, so I, I can't be as fearless. <laughs> that, that's a great perspective, though, because, you know, we always talk about that is I think people who are most successful. And that's one of the things I probably picked up from him because I used to be a lot more reserved. Is just There's a point where you just have to bet on yourself and you have to be yeah. enough in yourself and your skills and say, well, I bet on these other people. Like bet, I'm betting on me for once and I, I know I can win. And I, and I think when 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 you do that in general in life, whatever the fuck that is, you know, when you're like, OK. Let's let's see what you got. When let's let's okay. If you're all this, let's. If this is what you're 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 saying, let's let's go. Let's put it on the line. And I think that like you know, in tough times when you create a schedule, when you create you know things that you you know and you stick to them, you hold yourself accountable and 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 um and you work as if you have the job and you put that sort of out there that this is this is what I'm doing operate as if it's already happening not man I wish I had this because you have it it's there it's just got to go after it you know like how hard and how much work do you actually want to put into it and instead of being bummed about it I was like fuck it I'm so and truthfully was so genuinely jazzed about getting up and whether it was audition or folk, whatever it was, just just figuring it out that I was one day closer to that next step whatever that next step may be. So it was, it was definitely, uh, it's, it's been a fun ride, man, without a doubt. So AJ, one of the things that me and you have talked about before and 
hopefully uh, you're uh, you're willing to talk about it on here, is that during uh, CSI New York, you had this nine-season run where things were, you know, obviously it's seeming seemingly that it'll never end. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, they, it did. It ended. And you really yeah. have a backup plan. And then at that point in your life, you're kind of like, well, what the, you know, basically what the fuck? Like, shit, yeah. wasn't, this wasn't part of the plan. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it was that, you know, that was definitely a big bump in the road too. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't, and you know, being younger and, and making a lot of money at the time and then sort of having certain people in your life representation and stuff. And it's not as sort of what you, you assume is going to be there when it ends is not necessarily there uh, uh, or not, not as well understanding, understanding finances. Uh, there was, and then, Right when my when the show ended, uh, just as the show was ending, my father passed away. Who was, you know, everything to me. Um, just you know, the greatest man um, to ever walk this planet, and just such a uh, such a. I, 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 I it just it bums me out every time I think about it because there's just I just felt that there was so much more life that he had to live or do at at the time. But I understand now, you know, I have more peace with him dying and i understand a little more now you know it's because it, he didn't waste a moment he he was so present and so uh so so there for his family but also too he's a, a really uh happy guy um that being said like i kind of lost my way a little bit and you know wasn't focused and 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 uh drank way too much and i just dealt with it look nobody writes a, a book on on grief uh or how to deal with it um and i thank god i had my wife in my life and sort of um really really sort of helped shape me but i had something that happened with me where that i think sort of shifted into sort of where i am right now in my career and i had this really big audition and i was testing for it and it was a huge movie big franchise thing that would have been life-changing in a sense and i remember being like they're like getting my agent calling me and my wife calling me like look you are 100 percent first choice for this film the studio and the director and you're the director's choice which usually means you have the part but they're like they just don't have enough time to get you into the shape that you need to be so it's not going to go your way and i felt like i had a daughter that was on the way and i felt like i had already let her down i i but it was a real wake-up call in a sense that i i realized that i was the captain of my own ship and my actions that i'm doing right now is is affecting my family and the choices i'm making uh i had to sort of think outside self and the poor me and the, and the grief instead of you know being sad i need to celebrate my dad's life and who he was and, and sort of live more through who he was uh, sort of what he instilled in me. And um, that's where the sort of fitness transformation really kicked in. And I, I swore to my wife that I'd never let opportunity slip through my hand again. And uh, uh, it really, I, I, I hired a trainer and I guess got focused and I sort of had put up, you know, my mind to the roles that I wanted to play. And honest, honestly, one of my, my favorite characters of all time is John McClane from Die Hard. The very first Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie of all time by far, hands down. Uh, and I really, you know, I really started, started hitting it hard and understanding fitness. And it, in, in a sense too, it, 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 it just got me out of that funk that I was in, you know, just taking care of myself and, 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 uh, and taking, 
eating the right way and, and, and getting a program in place. And I, I, I became so addicted to it. And the roles that I basically, look at that, there he is, the man. Uh, um, uh, the roles that I started to really want to play started to happen. I started to get to play these these characters and stuff. And it was four or five years later, uh, I had just finished a, a, a series up in Canada um, called Pure, where I played this character, Bronco. And the character had to sort of gain weight, or I, I had to gain weight because when I came, in, when I met the director, he was like, "I need this guy to be sort of out of shape at the beginning because he's lost his weight, uh, but then at the end of it, he's he's in the best shape of his life." And um, I I met this trainer up there, Adrian Burnett, um, and I, I treated the, it was the first time I was ever away from my daughter, and I was going to be away for five months. And I treated it like a fight camp. I trained so hard during this thing. I put on a bunch of weight and got back. And I'd never trained hard in my life. I was so focused. And I finished doing the show. It was just a one series, uh, one uh, a one year thing. Came back the day I got back. I got a call um, to audition for SEAL Team, and it was same casting director that cast me in CSI. And I'd worked with the showrunner before uh, Ben Cavell on uh, uh, on Justified. Uh, and I walked into the room and our casting director was like, Jesus, she, first thing she goes, Jesus Christ, did, did you eat Adam? Who was the character on thing? And I was just started laughing. They're like, I can't believe like my, my manager had to fight for me to get into there. Cause she was like, no, AJ's not, he's a lab guy. He's 140 pounds. She's like, no. And I sent her like a, a picture of me training and she sent to the casting and I walked in and, and then like a week later, they, they made me an offer and it was, you know, now, now I'm here. So it's been, it's just, it's, 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 it's really, truly is, you know, um, you know, there's a slogan you guys have here, which I actually really kind of believe in life. It's a, the, the highest state of readiness. It's like, it's something that, you know, whatever it is that you're going after, you know, like if, if you put yourself in the situation, whatever happens, you will be ready for it. You know, you, 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 if you stay ready, you don't need to get ready. So, um, and, and I, I think in any sort of mindset that you're in, that is something that I, I, I truly believe in. When you put yourself in those positions, those good things sort of come to you. Those, the, you, you put it out there. I'm a big believer in, in that as you put that stuff out there and you commit to it, I really, really think that it, it, uh, it's not a fluke when it happens. So AJ, um, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the misses. And uh, me, yes, uh, uh, your wife. Uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> here, wait, here she is. Johnny's got her. Hold on. Hold on. Here she comes. And then, and then also, okay. I want to ask you uh, a little bit after about that about uh, about growing up because you have a very unique story with your folks. Your folks. So when that yeah. initially in, in in LA. You told me a little bit about growing up in a, in a very unusual household. But before we go to that, uh, meeting your wife, did you, you, did you meet her while you were still CSI or did you meet her during that tough time in between? I uh, know I was, I met her on CSI, but she was a nurse and she didn't watch TV and, 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 and she was doing real things in the world. And, uh, we were at, we we're in Vegas and, um, I had seen her, uh, I saw her in a hot tub in this super hot yellow bikini and I was probably wearing, I was wearing a suit from the night before 
And I kind of staggered in. And I was like, I saw this really hot girl. And I grabbed two beers and got into the hot tub in all my clothes. I was like, hey, what's your name? She's like, uh, why are you wearing a suit? I'm like, why are you wearing a bikini? And and that was it. She was like, oh, okay. And we were been together ever since. So just, I, and I, I swear to God, I don't know. I've never done that before, but it just, it worked. Is that the suit? It could have been. It might as well have been. It was like, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> but it was, uh, and we we literally talked for like four hours in, in, in the hot tub. And then she lost her phone. And uh, um, it was back when like MySpace or something. It was like, because I literally tracked her down and was like hey you, you i had a great time with you uh i texted you and uh uh didn't hear back but you, you lost your phone uh and she she like messaged back she's like who are you asking me out on a date on myspace i'm like well I, like i said you don't have a phone so i can't call you and she was like oh you're right she was like okay, okay fine so it was uh it was it and uh yeah it's been 10, 10 plus years so it's been awesome yeah well, now we have three kids and you know, so, but, uh, yes, it's, it's, uh, I couldn't ask for, for, for a better partner. She is, she is by far the best. And, and, uh, she is, especially with this COVID stuff, because, you know, I'm sure the same way, Aaron, it's like, I've never, it's been such a blessing in one sense that I've got to be home with the kids and, and be part of, of so many things that, because when we're filming, it's 10 months of the year and I'm gone Monday to Friday and I literally don't see the kids at all other than FaceTime and to be home for this, but just to see how much is done and how much he takes care of. Um, and I always thought that, but I, I didn't, you, you know I mean? You're not there. So it's a different perception and it is, it is no, it is no joke. So it's, if anything, the, our, the, our relationship, I really feel, you know, has gotten stronger and, 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 and I've always appreciated and loved my life, but I, I love my wife, but there's definitely like a, Holy shit, man! Like twins are no joke, and, and uh, I'm just grateful I have I have a wife like that. That is that is uh, is such a badass. Yeah. Well, thank God for MySpace and a hot tub. Yeah. I know, right? Remember MySpace? Remember, like you'd put music on and you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do Jack Johnson right now." They're gonna think I'm super romantic. It was just like, <laughs> it was such a, you and you change your pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Being home, being home with the kids, definitely. You realize you're in the shit for sure, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, you're like, oh yeah, my god, it uh, yeah, man, it is, it is a craze, but it's been, it's been awesome for that, but. uh but yeah, and then 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 with growing up, um, you know, my my parents, uh, they rent a, a, a group home for uh, for kids, and a lot of the kids that 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 came through our home um, was, it was like called like high profile or, or whatnot. They had other you know everything from some of them blind and Down syndrome, just really troubled backgrounds, and we probably had over two hundred kids that that came through our house and uh, um, it, it, it was, the crazy part was truthfully, I didn't realize how crazy it was until I left and I, I told the story and people were like, what? I just kind of thought that was like the norm. Like that's what you, you did. So it, it, and I think part of, you know, my personality where I can, uh, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't get me going you know, or, or I'm not shocked by a lot of things because I kind of grew up where it was, you'd have, you know, you know, somebody, you know, we had this one kid who liked to, um, 
he, he, he would pretend that he was going to kill himself all the time. And, um, and we took it very seriously, but the best way to defuse it was be like, Oh, it's no big deal, Gary, like that. Cause when you fed into it, he would act more. I remember one of my friends, Moose came over, it was his first time at the house. And my dad is basically explaining to this kid that if he jumps off and he doesn't hit this exact spot, it's not going to work. And, and Gary was like, well, what? He's like, no, you got to yeah, yeah, hit right here. It's just not going to work. And Gary was just like, well, I don't want to do it then. And he's like, oh, I come down and watch TV. And Moose saw that. He's like, what, what is going on in your house? And I'm like, this is our house. Like, it was just, you know, and I, I ended up working with a couple kids after um, the home uh, uh, before I moved down to Los Angeles. And I had this, this one girl that had multiple personalities. And she had this amazing uh, uh, uh uh, memory where she'd watch a movie and she could recall every word in the movie and kind of do their voice and and depending on what character she was there was a character that you had to become to talk to her and like if she was Pocahontas I was John Smith if she was Woody I was uh, Buzz Lightyear so like just and it was constant and I man, I had so much fun and it was such a great time but again I didn't realize uh how crazy it was but what, one of the really cool one of the coolest things when my dad passed every single and i'd seen these kids in years every single kid showed, like there was you could not there wasn't a place to sit in or stand in the church every single one of them had showed up to the house or and to the, the church and they had kids now and they they you know they they you know gotten their life together because the point of the home was they'd either these kids were older and not many people want to adopt um, uh, older kids. They all want babies. So my mom would basically, and dad would find homes that were, were, she basically like find homes for the unadoptable or for the kids, like prepare them for independent living if they had any issues and get through their issues and then help them transition into that. So it was, it was interesting, man. And like you get super close with these kids and then they would, we'd find a home and, you know, you, you'd, you, of course, you're happy for them, but essentially, you, you, you lose contact. No, they go on and 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 to their life, and it's, so it was it was it was an incredible experience. And I will call my mom when the boys are, are freaking out, or it's just one of those days. And I'm like, mom, I don't know, like. How did you? There was at some points there was like eight or nine kids in the house, like and not quiet kids. And I was like, how did you do this? Like, I, and there there was no like internet or like it was this was. It was nothing that like, so it was, you know, he's like, I don't know. It's just, this is what we did. So, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, very, very, uh, I, then that was like, I, I learned more as an actor in there than I, I, I ever learned at any acting school by far, by far. Yeah. I, I believe it, man. I, uh, when I heard that the first time, it's, it's a very, obviously when you're in it as a kid and that's your reality, that's the amazing thing about human beings, right? And that they're very, everybody has the ability to adjust to such an extreme. Yeah. You don't know any different. Like people are like, oh, like I've been to India several times and you see people living in the streets in India. And you're like, wow, they must feel so depressed or but they don't know any different. They don't feel sad. No. Is they, no. They yeah. In the streets in India. And, and so wherever you grow up or whatever your situation is, even if you have to adjust, eventually, that's the great thing about humans is we, we can really adjust to almost anything. And uh, for you, yeah, that was the normal. And that made you uh, probably a large portion of that made you the unique 
human being you are now because that's very your 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 past especially your past as a child is is very different than 99.999% of the people out there they do live with brothers uh, and sisters adopted or not that have you know uh, learning difficulties or personality mental issues so you're around eight of them yeah. at one point and they come and go and that that make that I'm sure that made a big difference for you as a human and a, as an actor yeah, my mom had this thing that she would say if they're laughing they're listening so if you could get a kid to laugh and get them happy then they're listening to what's going on and you know the, the, my the biggest thing with my mom and, and sort of her her way of thing she had this theory of like there's with kids there's apples and onions and you know if you can get to a child you know if you get to a child too late they're 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 onions because there's no core the more you peel the more you cry because there's been too much damage done so she had this this ability where she just had this drive to go and and try and help as many as she could. And if, if you got them earlier enough, then the outer side might be bruised, but you take the, you go to the core, you get the seed and, and you replant it. I mean, I would come home, this is like true story. I, I came over Christmas at one time, this is when I'd moved out. And my dad's like, and I still believe in Santa Claus. And so Christmas for me, I'm absolute, Christmas is my, my any house that we go into, I'm like, we're, the first thing I look is where's the Christmas tree gonna go? And Santa Claus shows up at my house. It's the, it's the biggest day of the year. And uh, uh, so when my mom would show up at the airport to pick me up, my dad, my mom always wants to tell me what the Christmas present is. Because I, I, but I like surprises and, and, and I never want, and she's like, but she, she's like, uh, he's like, I, she's like, when we get to the house, I got to show you the Christmas present. I'm like, mom, I'm not, it's, it's like five days before Christmas. I can't, I can't see it. She's, my dad's like, she, he's like, he's like, son, you, you need to see this. I'm like, okay. And usually my dad always stick up for me. And we walk through the door and there's two girls sitting at the TV and she's like, these are your new sisters. I'm like, what? And my dad's like, I was as surprised as you. <laughs> what? And basically what happened is there was a court case and one of the, the kids uh, had more special needs and they, they were basically going to split the, the girls up. Um, and one was going to get adopted and one was getting put in the system. And my, my mom was, the judge was like, well, no one's going to take them. And my mom literally was like, I'll take them. And didn't, she made the decision right there. And they, that was it. And my dad came home was like, what? And she's like, well, we're, 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 it's happened. So we got to figure it out. <laughs> I was like, but that, that, that's my mom in a nutshell. She is the most unique and amazing, uh, person. And my, my dad for him just <laughs> he'd be like well what, it's your mom she said it's gonna happen so just have to go along with it uh -huh. so it was it was very uh yeah it was crazy so uh and we'd have some kids that would show up on christmas eve we had these these four um kids that basically got into witness protection and on christmas eve we had they we were heading out the door to to, to church and we got a call and literally they're like we need to place these kids somewhere and um, my dad was like, okay. My mom's like, you can stay back. And we had to go through the presence and like find, cause I'm like, whatever happens is we can't not have these kids think that Santa didn't know the worst. So then we're like just putting presents in different piles and these kids show up with like in garbage bags and we're made beds for them and the thing. And they wake up in the morning, but they look at the face to know that like Santa didn't 
know or didn't forget knew where they were it created this real sort of magic in the house and but then the kids would open up like the boy opened up and it's like a barbie and we're like oh that must have been for you know we just grabbed any presents and put them in like different piles and stuff so it was uh it was a it was, it was uh, such a special time in my life and uh but yeah like you said it it's really sort of defined who i am today how i raised my kids and sort of my outlook um on life and you know it's like People with mental health issues and stuff, you know, it's just, it, we're, we all have crazy thoughts in our heads. It's just the, we're, we're lucky that we have a filter, you know, and, and, and these people just don't have the ability to not say exactly what their crazy thought is. And, and it's heartbreaking, you know, and it's, and yeah, it just, yeah, that was it. It was nuts. Yeah. I, uh, I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's a, uh... It was a huge benefit to you, I'm sure, you know, whether you knew it at the time or not, but a huge benefit to you to, to be raised in a family where you have such crazy diversity where you get to experience brothers and sisters of all different types and, uh, and yeah, mental differences where you realize that, you know, ultimately we're, we're all really the same. Um, we really, we really are. <laughs> yeah, we really are. So, but I'm going to ask you to do, uh, to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to, channel if you could sonny quinn because usually at this part of the show right we go to the rapid fire question and we ask the okay. several questions rapid fire and uh and right. we'll answer those questions but i would prefer if you could could you bring sonny, sonny to the show i can bring yes sir i can okay all right <laughs> here we go so so let me ask you sonny so you know for every Navy SEAL, they go through BUDS training, basic underwater demolition SEAL training. And I want to know, this is this is really honestly very difficult training. It's arguably the toughest military training in the history of the world. So for you, what was BUDS like? Uh, it was like riding a horse and getting bucked up with sand on your nuts and having uh, them been dragged through uh, the beach with standing your butt crack and then getting back on that horse and doing it again. So Sonny, did you, did you ever, consider, <laughs> did you ever consider, you know, most guys in buds, they think about ringing the bell and quitting. Was that ever a consideration for you? Did you ever have a moment where you thought to yourself, you wanted to just quit and ring the bell? Uh, I thought about, thought about quitting. Uh, and then I, I realized what a pussy I'd be, so I, I took that thought out of my mind and, and, and pissed it out of my ass. <laughs> was was there any guys during buds that you thought were studs and were going to kill it, and uh, and they ended up quitting? And, and then if if that was the case, how did that make you feel? Uh, I'd say Clay I thought was a stud uh, until he got in the cold water, and and I saw how much he shrank. You know what I mean? Uh, and I realized he wasn't much of a stud. Uh, and then I saw, I didn't see, yeah, they're, they're all, they were all studs. They were all studs. That's where my, there were, uh, that's why they're on my team. But I, I, the only guy I was ever disappointed was in Clay with his shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the most challenging part as of right now for being a SEAL? Like, what was the thing that when you think back to being active duty guy, where you look back and you say, wow, that was something that was really tough. Uh, swim with sharks. I hate sharks. I hate spiders. Uh, and now, uh, yeah, I hate sharks and spiders. <laughs> it, 
If you weren't in the military, what would you be doing right now? What would I be doing? Uh, I'd probably be a, a jean model, like Wrangler jean model. I got a great butt, really nice butt. It's like a bubble butt. Serious. You can check out my ass at time. A lot of people would look at my butt and say, that's a beautiful piece of meat right there. You should be a jean model. I'm sure they get that. I'm sure that gets that all the time. I, I, I believe that. <laughs> um, so um, your first deployment, what was it like being in combat? Uh, it was exhilarating. It's like that first time you uh, you you bust a nut. You're so excited. Sonny, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever regretted anything you did uh, as a uh, as a Navy SEAL? Have you ever thought back and said, "Man, I wish that wouldn't happen, or I didn't do that"? I shit my pants once. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's never a good thing. I can tell you, that's not good. Nice. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you probably have to sit in it a while right a long time long time yeah um so when you're on a mission what would you do on downtime like if there's nothing to do you don't you're not actively going killing bad guys what are you doing uh well a lot of those countries they block out red tube so you can't you can't watch any porn so uh, i bring i bring a stash of uh, good vhs and uh, my vcr just pop in some uh some hocus poke me. You want to do that one or want to ask that? You can ask it. So yeah. what, was, what, what was it like the first time you killed a man? Uh, just like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say like busting a nut. <laughs> yeah, <can't. laughs> you used the busting nut too early. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you too early. AJ slash Sonny Quinn. I want to ask yeah. one last thing. So we had a guy in the office, Zach Leeds, who just recently had a child. And what did what did we do? Me and Darielle were looking, we we're looking for this opportunity to buy a bag from uh, from Sunny slash AJ. Really, it's really AJ's company. We'll take Sunny out of this one after everything. <laughs> All that, the last question and answer. So, so AJ, you have several cool things that you're doing as an entrepreneur. One of them is very, uh, and it's not Sunny Quinn-like. You have a very yeah. cool company that you came up with called Paperclip. I want to let you explain it so you can explain what, what you're doing with it. And then, uh, and you'll understand, obviously, why we bought Zach Leeds, one who just had a child. His first, uh, his first. He game. himself, uh, him and his yeah. wife, <laughs> not just him. He's the sea, he's he's the seahorse. Uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, like six years ago. My daughter was born, and it was the very first time I'd taken her out, and I wanted to introduce her to my friend, so I brought her to this this place, Pink Taco, was we we're gonna watch football, and uh, I was so nervous. And as I get out of the car, she like had a magical poop that went up her back and like into her hair, and which still to this day I don't know how kids can do that when they're wearing a diaper, and. Uh, I went into the bathroom and there was no changing tables in the bathroom. And I asked the manager where they are. He's like, no, it's only in men's bar and, and the female's bathroom. So I go back in, I forgot the changing pad and uh, they, like, we got it at the, uh, at the baby shower. And um, so I took my shirt off 
and I put it on the floor and I, I really thought I failed as a father because like the first time around, I'm changing on like a dirty bathroom floor. And then I had this idea what was there. There's a t-shirt in front of the bag. And I was like, well, what if the changing table kind of fell out? That way you'd always have a, uh, uh, a change. You'd ha always have, have a place you could change your kid anytime, anywhere. And a lot of the diaper bags that were out there for, for men, there wasn't really like a unisex type one. It was either flowers or a pink. So you just, you just looked like an idiot um uh with all the and then the way it opened up the top it they just like women can reach in like my wife can reach into her purse and find a key a lipstick a piece of chewing gum like that there's no chance in hell that it'll ever happen to me so we designed this bag that it kind of opened up you had like a toolbox like it's shown there we call it where you kind of see it from that side you can also reach in for the top but you have this removable changing pad and um we had flown to china and uh we did like 12 prototypes and we had like two or three and we took them to this ABC kid show in Vegas, which is one of the biggest kid shows. And we didn't necessarily know what we we're doing. Um, but we we're there just to sort of do some R and D and meet some big box, um, uh, uh stores and, and kind of understand how the game worked. And the second day they came by and like gave us a blue ribbon and basically like, you guys want like the mommy blog thing. And, and they gave us like the best innovation of 2017 and, people start taking orders from us and we don't even have inventory and we had to like get somebody out there my business partner Artie and i um at that moment we really knew that we had something here and we went through ups and downs and sort of the development stage because we we're like oh yeah put this and this and we didn't realize there's landing costs and all this sort of stuff um so we had all this inventory and we couldn't get into any stores so then we had to really focus on our our, our e-commerce which was a blessing in disguise and then halfway through that um with all the tariffs and, and everything was going on we found this company in indonesia that makes this incredible uh uh fabric out of recycled plastic and um we ended up moving our factory there and we became the first diaper bag in the world to be made from recycled plastic and the materials almost feels like a, like a tumi bag it's incredibly well made and and each diaper bag is named after one of our kids like the willow, the bear, the ranger, the the Bodhi, one of uh, um, it's it, it just so it's got a it's a, a great story in that. And then like last year, we we were named best diaper bag by People Magazine, and various different celebrities that we didn't send it to have bought the bag or, or it's been gifted to them for like the, from the Kardashians to the Rock to to whatnot. So it's it's to 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 sort of just so, sort of be where it is now and, and, and this pre-COVID we had literally had probably like the best six months uh of the the bag like what we'd sold in like two years we did that and some in in six months and then with COVID it sort of slowed down and then our finally our shipment just arrived and literally flew off the shelf so it's it's been never in a million years and I was just that I think I was gonna be playing Navy SEAL on TV and selling diaper bags on the side um but it's 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 been great in the sense of you know, there's been babies born every day so there's always going to be an inventory for that and and to see people's responses when they get it um and and know that you've sort of designed this through like that that first year of willow's life was really how we designed the bag all the problems that i have as a father my my, my business partner Artie and you know we didn't know what we, we had no clue what we were doing and Artie really took over he was really good at numbers and stuff he's really taken over the day-to-day -day, uh uh stuff and it's been i've opened restaurants i've done so many different things and and it, it has 
this is by far the most gratifying thing that we've been a part of and just now how we we're, we're expanding and all the different stores that we've we've gotten into from you know we're nordstrom's now and we'll be in target and a bunch of other things so it's just it's it's cool to see something where during the time when i told my wife we were gonna go into the diaper bag business and there's i was literally blowing through our savings because making prototypes is like if you change a buckle on it you've got to buy a new role of everything they've got to add somebody to the line like it's it's no joke so we we blew through capital and then we we're like oh we've got to market this and we had realized it doesn't matter what your marketing is baby product is sold in the playground if a mom or a dad says you got to get this that's how you succeed and so by the grace of god man it people slowly started talking and each month changed and uh, you know we kept on the uptick and uptick and like i said like six months ago you know i think when we changed went to the recycle uh plastic we got a lot of sort of press off that and the, i think it was the right time because the we really refined what the company was and 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 how it looked in the material we'd worked out all the kinks and stuff so it's been really it's been special man it's been a really cool cool experience yeah well i can tell you firsthand you know buying something for zach zach is a, a combat veteran marine and he didn't want any kind of bag he's going to carry that wasn't going to be that was going to look like ridiculous and uh yeah and i know he's he's happy with and was excited was excited to get uh, maybe uh overstatement but he was happy that he got something cool that he could use that he didn't feel oh, like awesome. caring right uh, i don't know if anybody any combat marines will be excited to get a diaper bag but he was no, as excited <laughs> if you could be this excited he was that excited right yeah he that's, that's, like, that's, that's, like, that's all you want that's all you want whoever's that excited about getting uh, yeah some weapon of some sort or, or something else uh, but he was he was he was as excited as you could possibly get and uh and people that i know who have purchased it themselves uh love it love it so congratulations well, well i appreciate I, I i really appreciate the support man that, that means the world to me for 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 you guys doing that it truly does so thank you oh no no of course man of course of course there's no there's there's absolutely no chance we would do anything else man if i like somebody friends with somebody there's nothing He'll tell you there's nothing I wouldn't do to to, to support him, and this is well. Tiny. Well, the feelings mutual. The yeah. Feelings mutual. Oh yeah, I I appreciate that, man. So, AJ, we need to get you back on. So, what we do every uh, every month or so, we do a panel show, and it can be a little controversial, mm -hmm. but screw it. That's all right. It matter right? Fuck it. You only got no. your career on the line. You know? <laughs> all right. It's, uh, it's not, not, not it's not tense times <laughs> yeah yeah you'll be no. okay so it, i'd love yeah. to have you back on in the, in the near future on a panel show where we could talk about something uh where so last panel show the, the thing we did wrong was that we had everybody agreeing on everything yeah. so the next one yeah. we're gonna have we're going to try to make sure that everybody doesn't agree on every single topic because that was the, yeah. the one thing you know that's what makes panel shows interesting you watch bill maher I don't love Bill Maher, but I, I have liked a lot of his shows where I'm like, it's interesting because you have people competing or saying different things. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want, I, I think yeah. the, we, although our panel show was good, it was, it was, it was too similar of opinions. Yeah. Everybody had to say the same thing. So it's like, well, what makes it interesting is people disagreeing, but having an intelligent conversation mm -hmm. at the same time, intelligent interchange of ideas. And, uh, and that's really yeah. what I think is exciting about that kind of show. I'd love to, you tell me when and I'll be there. Hell yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Three questions. What do we got? Cool. Give us three questions. Okay. Hit us. AJ, what's your favorite episode minus the one when you went home and saw your dad? 
Uh, my favorite one was actually one that Max did, uh, where we, uh, we dealt with the VA and, uh, um, he, he was helping out an old buddy sort of connect and, and helped him and sort of as him, his character as a, as a young seal saw that, you know, what after seal life, how tough it is. And then, you know, um, uh, this guy ends up committing suicide in the parking lot. And part of the reason why it was, it was, I thought such a, 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 an amazing episode and I thought Max uh, absolutely crushed it, um, was this, the seal that it was based on who committed suicide, his dad actually came down and, and, and spoke to us. And, and we got to sort of hear the story of his son and, and then, then to hear how proud his, his dad was of the story, how it represented who his son was and what brought awareness to what these guys, how hard it is for them to get the right help. So uh, it was a really emotional uh, one. I know, I know, you know, for Max too, what, what that one, what that was like for him after, you know, knowing that it's based, based on one of the, one of the, the team guys, dear friends that that committed suicide so uh it, it was that that by far i think takes the cake yeah and, and i i saw that show and i, and I believe that um i know the, the line well, i know of the gentleman who that happened that he he took his own life and uh yeah and, and this is uh that was a very emotional one and, and that's actually believe it or not that's the one that some of the team guys that i know who were in six who that i've talked to about your show and I tell them yeah. about it or, or it comes up one way or another. And, uh, and that's the episode that I point to where it's like, Hey man, like, it's not what you think. Watch that episode yeah. and change your opinion because yeah, it's, it's, it's a drama. Yeah. It's entertainment, but it is actually making people aware of a real yeah. serious problem. And, and, and there's yeah. no other way that I can think of anyway um, to make that amount of people aware of a serious problem other than entertainment. So it's that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that, and that truly is a credit to our our showrunner and 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 Chulak, uh, and for them really, sort of getting CBS's word to that we need if we're, we're going to do this, it's not going to be just the fluff. Like we got to get down and tell the real stories and 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 the war that they have, not just on the battlefield, but the war that these guys have within themselves when they come home. And 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 the, to CBS's credit, they've just. They've been so gracious and so behind the show uh, and, and telling these guys stories. Yeah, for sure. So this next question is, AJ, do you continue tactical training during the hiatus or do you mainly just train for scenes? I mean, what does the training look like in terms of actual weapons training? Do, are you guys having somebody we help? Do, or yeah, yeah. Well, all the all the guys are there and they'll work with us, especially if we're doing any complicated moves. But like we, we they're there at our disposal at any time. The, the more we want to put in, like guys like Max and Neil, uh, especially Max. Max is like he's grown up with this um, uh, uh, and is really good with that stuff. The guy like myself I hadn't really shot before, um, and and the big guns like I use the Mach forty eight and the two four nine. Uh, so I've spent a lot of time with them. Um, and then different opportunities that we'll get to go out and do live fire. There's actually a couple of guys that I've met. There's a company I sent, I gave him, he was down at my house. I gave him some, your total war. He runs this thing called sealed for a day. Uh, and he, he said, I'll, I'll blow it up on, uh, on the range. Uh, uh, but he runs a great program out there where he's got a bunch of stuff that allows us to, allows us to come up and work some stuff and, um, or just get out to the range and, and do that. But, you know, it's, it is, I feel like, you know, even 
in season three, going into season four, I, like I still there's so much tactically that uh, that I'm learning and and uh, um, how just the movement and all the different things. It just it you know these guys how they when, when we do it and then we see the, the real guys do it. We're like oh Jesus Christ, God we suck. It's like they're just they're just so proficient and clean and so um, they're there to. You know, and, and I always have a rule with, with the guy that watches me. I'm like, dude, fucking tell me I look like a fucking idiot when I look like a fucking idiot because I don't want that random take to get on TV. So they're they're pretty pretty hard on us, um, and uh, it's good. So, uh, but it's a, it, again, it's it. These guys are who they are because the years and the rep they get the Kobe Bryans, and just it's repetition, repetition, repetition. So, but it's I love it. I love it, and. Uh, I'm I'm still still learning, and there's there's so much more to go in my my learning curve. Last question: Who is more muscular, AJ or Max? <laughs> you talking pre Redcon or 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 after Redcon? Uh, like Max, either, either or you Max. choose. You choose AJ. Okay, when 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 we started the pilot. Uh, if Max was to put on the same shirt right now from the pilot, he'd have a midriff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a nice little navel hair. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, Matt, Max is, uh, I mean, he's 30 years old. He, he, he is, but he's, you know, uh, he is, he's already a big, strong kid. So I think uh, he's, he's definitely, he's the Hulk right now. It's, I love it though. It's, it's great. It, and, and not for nothing, true, true. You know, and I'm not just saying because you're on this. Like, you know, I remember when you came to set and you had had uh, sent all that stuff for the guys, and we tried a bunch of different products, and we had, you know, for so long. And you know, I know Sage Northcutt. I, I caught a bit of his interview. He was saying like the MRE and different things. But you know, if I had those bars in my room, the they were gone. Like they would break into my trailer and steal the fucking bars. I had to like hide them. And then like my protein, it was like, we put it out on set, but then it would be like gone. It was just like, but the great thing about it, and I, and I truly mean it is like, it, it just so, it's so good. Like not just the taste, but you actually, your workouts and however you guys are making it is, it is the best protein, the best supplements that I've ever had. I've had so many times I've taken proteins or this and I have stomach problems or like, sweating for no reason or like you do a pre-workout and like you are wrecked for the day and like total war is it is it, like i know what it does but it, it just it is the and, and total war and uh uh the moab is that moab? It's moab right moab uh those two together love them and then what's the one that gives you the vaso is that boomstick 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 yeah boomstick yeah boomstick so those three that pre big noise maybe big 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 noise big 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 noise big noise big noise yeah so big noise those three are like my and it is and i remember sitting there with max and him him just like dude this is this is the best protein stuff like this this is legit stuff like i feel a difference when i work out so just like you know in all sincerity anybody watching and i tell it to everybody that 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 is asking me i'm like just go and and try it. Like honestly, go try this stuff, and you will never try another protein. So, so congrats to you guys because whatever you're doing, you're doing it fucking right. And it's fucking good. Uh, thanks, AJ. We we appreciate it. I mean, it means a lot to hear that, and uh, we're very happy 
that everybody I've uh, never heard one person I've never heard one person say they didn't like it. Not one. Not one. Yeah, me either. Do a good job mixing it in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We we appreciate it, AJ. And uh thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate that too. And I know you're yeah, man. You got all the kids there and everything else. I don't, where are you exactly? I see an umbrella, you're outside. I'm I'm out on the patio. I'm out oh, just. Nice. It's the I I've got I got uh, it's the only place where if I close the curtains and close the the door there, the boys will go around everywhere. But they haven't figured out quite how to pull the curtains back. Nice. So the day that they realize I've gone out there, because I go through one door here and then I come out here, so they think I've gone down that way. So they keep looking down that way. But they have once I close that there, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out because it's literally like you've got to like kind of sneak away and then they're like da da. Like and then they'll, they'll hunt for me, but they haven't quite they haven't quite found me. So In six it's, months, uh, it's here. We, you better be out of this. We better out of this COVID share. Oh yeah, figure this out for sure. Oh yeah, we will. We will. Well, listen, man, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on, and 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 like I said, uh, let me know in the next one, and um, stay right. stay healthy, and uh, and give my best to the family, and I'll talk to you guys soon. You too. Thank you, AJ. Appreciate we'll see you soon, Thank buddy. You. Thank you, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye, guys. All right. So, Johnny. Do we, have, do we have any questions for us? We have two questions. All right. Or two questions for us, and we'll get the hell out of here. Let's go. Oh, carnitine can be taken by fasting. Fasting. Yeah, I mean, there's no right. calories to it. So, yeah, it actually helps mobilize uh, fatty acids of the mitochondria. So, that's no, a perfect time to take most, it. Most people will take it. I know Jay Cutler, we sent a whole bunch of bottles to. He's very excited and yep. happy to get them. Uh, Cutler uh, Nutrition doesn't make L-carnitine, um, although they make a lot of other great products. And uh, that's one of the things he does. Every morning when he wakes up, he takes a, uh, uh, I think he takes 3,000 milligrams. But if to ask him, he takes a bunch of L-carnitine and gets on the cardio and knocks it out. Uh, question for the guys. Can we get Redcon 1 female athlete on the show? We'd love to hear their story. Absolutely, we can. Probably got something coming up soon. You, wouldn't, you may be surprised before you know it. Could even be a new athlete. We'll see. So, uh, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode number nine of the Readiness Report with our newest athlete, uh, Sage Northcutt, and our star, CBS star, and good friend of the show, good friend of Redcon 1, AJ Buckley. Great interview from AJ. I'm sure that's a lot of stuff he hasn't got a chance to talk about because most interviews are not an hour. So. They're a few minutes and that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's usually any TV interview is usually three, six, or so minutes. So how can you possibly talk about all that? And uh, if you wanted to know anything about Sonny Quinn or AJ Buckley, now you know. I for sure can tell you Sonny Quinn has not been interviewed before. No, so that I can guarantee you. That I can guarantee you. So, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week on next Thursday. And we may have a very special guest. Oh, yeah. A very special guest. I can't guarantee it, and I can't guarantee how special you might think he'll be. But uh, he is uh, in the news everywhere right now and is arguably the man of the hour. So hopefully we get him on next week. If not, we'll have another awesome guest Was either Nick way. Cannon on? Not Nick Cannon. Joe Biden? Joe Biden? No, Joe Biden. Uh, that would be great. I'd, I'd like both of those guys. If they both want to come on, that'd be great. Uh, Nick Cannon. Can't make it on the show, the interview bug thing. All right. All right, Joe. Stop it. All right. <laughs> uh, just go back to whatever you're doing. Uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next week on the Readiness Report.